0: Hashtag Tim and Friends. Of course, I go by the name of the kid,
1: famous. You and Al tuned into to the Tim and Friends show. Hello, education, entertainment, coast to coast. Ball it up, call it entertainment. Let's
0: get this started. Okay, Tim, let's start this show with five, four, three, two,
2: one. Let's go. This
3: is a special edition of Tim and Friends for Wednesday, April 20th. I'm Tim McAuliffe, and Jesse Rubinoff is still dancing because he knows that we have got you for two and a half hours mm-hmm. of gluten free goodness today. That's right. Set the converter, controller, flicker, remote, whatever the hell you call it, set it down because game day begins right here on Tim and Friends. 150 minutes right up until the Raptors. And Raptors Central takes over the airwaves on Sportsnet. Game three, Sixers, Raptors. Tonight, Jesse knows how most folks that watch this mom and pop know that I think the term must win is one of, if not the most overused turn of phrase in the world of sports because more than half of the Jagoffs like me use it when it's not actually a must win game. But today might be one of the very few days Jesse Rubinoff, Canada. I will not only allow it, I might even encourage it. You see, the Sixers can't eliminate the Raptors tonight, hence no must win. But going up three games to none in an NBA series might as well be signing the death warrant. And I'm not talking about a cheese 90s Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. It's worth watching if it pops up on AMC. Not only has no team ever come back from the 3 0 down in NBA history, but of the 143 teams to fall behind 3 Cobb, only three of them, three, have ever even survived to see a game seven in the series. And that has happened just once since 1994. 1994, so long ago, I looked like this. That's right. That's what I looked like in 1994.
4: It's black and white.
3: A, <laughs> it's also a student card where they cut off oh, the rest okay. of the student okay. card. But whatever. Looking sharp. Make me look older, even.
4: I, I mean, black and you white. You could tell it was already, you know, it, it, was already, it was already starting there up top. You could, you could tell. Sorry. You could tell. You could tell there.
3: Do you speak from experience? No, no. You could just. No, no. I'm asking you <laughs> if you can speak. We all know I'm bald. Perhaps, is this the similar thing going on? Look at the picture of me. Uh oh. Now put it beside Jesse Rubinoff. Oh no, don't do this. And to let me ask you, don't Mr. Confidence me. Rubinoff. Oh, you could tell it was already going there. Everything I think okay here, up there?
4: You're starting to recede a little bit, I've noticed. And I know that you chirp me about the daily dose. I get it. The hair on this side looks real gray. And There's then all of a sudden you on. come
3: in on camera and it doesn't look gray at all looks yeah. like perfectly black are and brown. You of,
4: are you accusing me of
3: something? I, 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 hey, listen, I'm just making observations. That's all I do here is make observations. You might be privy to
4: some but conversations if, in the makeup room, but I'm just saying, there's there's no nothing funky going on up here.
3: All, all, all I do moment. is make observations, but I just want to know if you're throwing stones from that glass house. Not yet, I don't think. Okay. You told me, though. Uh, I'm not going to be the judge. right? <laughs> uh, listen, my desperation, maybe Jerry's desperation over there, <laughs> <Jerry>. <laughs> the Raptors. That's how how it's going today (laughs) has already inspired (laughs) a match game that Jesse and or Jerry has percolating already on the social media platforms at Tim and friends. We also have some important updates, not on hair, but from Nick nurse. And we will get to all that in a flash, but all that is why the Raptors first home playoff game since game five of the 2019 NBA finals means so much. They've got to get it done and we've got you covered. From first things first to a full pregame to the pregame with Eric Smith joining me in studio. Matt Devlin from Scotiabank Arena. An old friend, new again. the Bill Kareem of the three-letter. Nice. TNT will join us courtside. And oh, if you're thinking this is just a basketball show, hell no. You know that Uncle Timmy and Jesse don't get off that easy. Kenny Reed is dropping by for his... Contractually obligated hour. We'll talk hockey, the Canucks needing help from Alberta, the Hart Trophy nominees, speaking of Alberta, and a goal that you got to see. We'll also head to Fenway to chat with Danny Shulman ahead of the second of a three game set between the Red Sox and the Blue Jays. Jose Barrios against the pride of Lambrick Park Secondary in Victoria. Nick Pavetta, actually pretty crazy, both he and Michael Saunders, same high school, both. Lambrick Lions, and if that weren't enough, Anthony Stewart joins us from the NHL on Sportsnet Studios to get you set for a night that includes the Oilers and Stars on Scotiabank Wednesday Night Hockey. Mike Smith looking for a third straight shutout. Was I wrong about Smitty? Was most of the hockey world wrong about Smitty? I will ask Stewie, and man, do I love hockey nicknames. Ruby, eh? Biggie? Like, let's get her going here. Start with first things first, eh? What do you say, Michelle Goulet? <laughs> Sorry, that,
4: yeah, was that, was, that, that was my hockey guy. That was a letter Kenny accent, right? That there. was my hockey guy accent. Uh, all right, so I guess it's Must Win Wednesday. Just made that up.
3: Must Win Wednesday? Yeah, that's what I'm dubbing it. Um, it's not a must win. Like, technically speaking, it's <laughs> a must win. <laughs> yeah, okay. I get it. I said this is yeah. the. This, this is, is the day. closest this is, thing so I'm going for it. This is the closest thing yeah. you can get to a must win without a must win. Yeah.
4: We need a new cliche for that. I hate cliches, yeah, period. Yeah. It's the stave-off elimination. I guess that's not even tonight. Nope, okay. that's not That's not, not tonight either. Yeah. Okay, we are fired up, as you can tell, for the Raptors and Sixers game three tonight right here on Sportsnet. The Raptors' first playoff game at Scotiabank Arena in nearly three years. As Timmy mentioned, of course, they have their backs up against the wall, trailing 0-2 in the series. But there was some good news today. Gary Trent Jr., who's been dealing with an illness, was back at shootaround, and so was... Scotty Barnes no longer wearing the walking boot and reportedly moving around okay on that sprained ankle. is Healing like a true Hall of Famer. Nick Nurse gave an update earlier today.
2: So, Scotty moving around a little bit. Looked to be a little bit better, um, a limp and everything. How, how is he doing? Yeah, he looks like he's doing pretty good. He does, yeah. I think he's recovering nicely. Any chance you could have him on the floor tonight? Maybe, maybe.
5: Is it, is it fair that uh, Gary being present is a good
2: sign that he'll be around 22? Yes, Gary will play tonight. Again, it'll it'll probably be Tim that he goes out and, and starts again, and we'll see how he's going. I mean, the issues that he's having are just kind of, uh, and I mean, among others, but the biggest thing I think that's affecting him physically is just being able to breathe and and get you know get you know catch his wind and and survive through that. So hopefully, some of that'll be be better. Tim. I think it's
4: bond attempts. Oh, I was going to ask. How did you get the from way, there to here so
3: quickly? ESPN, uh, by the way, uh, we list Josh Lewin. I know he works for the other place as reporter. Like, the guy was a Tim and Sid intern. Like, yeah. can we not give him a
4: little bit more respect I here? I mean, that's what his byline should be. Tim and Sid yeah, yeah. That, should he, be, that should be I think, be first he, I think the he's buyout. past that. Yeah, I, know. I think, I think Lewinsburg past that. Yeah, he's the man. Uh, okay, Nurse also said that Thad Young, uh, who played just eight <laughs> minutes in Game 2 after Reporter. injuring his thumb in Game 1, is good to go tonight. Timmy, does this give you hope that the Raptors can get back in the series? Me or Bontemps, who are you here? You. Okay, good. Uh, nice. Very
3: good. There's no way Scotty plays, right? There's no way. Like, this is Willis Reed type. Territory. It would be miracle healing powers if he played. Like, when you saw it, you thought he's done for
4: not only the game, but the well, series, and probably the postseason. Yes, because people sprain their ankles all the time. Basketball players sprain their ankles all the time. But when you roll your ankle like that and then have a, a man the size of Joel Embiid step on it, that takes it to a whole nother level. So to miss one game would just be insane, in my opinion.
3: Like, this would be Willis Reed walking out Madison Square Garden type stuff yeah. if Scotty Barnes ended up like... Let me just say this. If you're going down to the game tonight and Scotty Barnes comes out of the tunnel, yes. like you, there needs to be. I know that that dude, Joel Embiid, is going to get it tonight in Toronto. Like you can't have your last appearance in the postseason in a building be you crying and then you talk about bitching about calls. Yeah. He is going to hear it tonight. If Scotty Barnes somehow miraculously walks out of the tunnel today, walking boot gone, he needs a Willis-Reed-like reception because that would be unbelievable. I don't believe it. I think it's gamesmanship. I think that Nick Nurse is planting a seed that maybe the Sixers have to game plan for Scotty Barnes, who was really, really good in his limited action in-game. You could argue he was the best player Mm -hmm. for the Toronto Raptors in-game game one playing alongside world champions. Yeah. Right. Freddie Van B, Pascal Siakam, both big parts of a world championship team. And you could argue in game one, Scotty Barnes was the best Raptor. So if he comes out of that tunnel, if he happens to play today, dear God, I don't know how good he'll be, but it'll be a story and a half. Cause I don't think that he's playing for
4: the rest of the postseason. Uh, before we get to the keys of the game, other than perhaps Scotty Burns suiting up and coming back, you mentioned the crowd and how they're going to be on Joel Embiid. Yeah. I mean, how big of a factor do you expect and want? The crowd to play tonight because it's been a long time, as we mentioned, since the playoffs has been back in I Toronto. think it'll be tempered a little
3: bit by a 2-0 deficit. Mm-hmm. Like, I definitely think if they had to come back 1-1, it would have been a different crowd that you'll see tonight. But I think they'll be jacked. I think we, the North, will be out it's in a full force. great playoff crowd. And I do think that they can make a difference. Here's how. You could argue the same way Scottie Barnes was the best Raptor in Game 1, Tyrese Maxey has been the best 76er in the series. Like, I know a lot of focus has been on Joel Embiid, but Tyrese Maxey and Tobias Harris have given more than anyone could have expected from either of them. Like, Maxey's shooting something like 60% from the floor in the series. He's shooting over 50% from threes, averaging 30 points per game. Like, it's unbelievable. And the offensive output, I wonder if it's not making Freddie Van Vliet chase him around, tiring him out for Van Vliet's offense. So it's working twofold mm-hmm. for the Philadelphia 76ers. And that's why you saw Malachi Flynn play, what, 21 minutes in game two, despite having a score or a box score of one rebound and four fouls? Yeah. Right? Like,. He played 21 minutes in game two, just trying to alleviate the pressure of Tyrese Maxey on Fred Van Vliet. When you go on the road, will Tyrese Maxey, who's never been in this fire before, be the same? Will Tobias Harris, who we've seen disappear before, disappear again in this fire? And that's where this crowd could play a huge factor. That's where these rims that aren't the rims that you play on and practice on every game could play a factor. This is where home court advantage could be a big mm-hmm. difference for the Toronto Raptors because they listen. The Raptors had 20 more field goal attempts in Game Two than the Sixers had. You just shoot a better percentage, you win that game. They didn't. Free throw line made a big difference. Mm-hmm. Listen, I, I I think the Raptors are a lot closer than people thought, especially after Game Two with all of the injuries. So you get a a body back. Maybe Gary Trent is 85% instead of 60% or whatever the hell he was in game two. Mm -hmm. I don't think Scotty Barnes
4: goes. Thad Young's a little bit better. I think we might see a bit of a different story tonight. So the crowd, yeah, the crowd can play a big role in that, and we'll see what happens with Maxie. Um, When you look on the defensive end, Mm -hmm. what the the Sixers have been doing in terms of getting out in transition, and I, I think sort of using what you addressed after the first two games, using the Raptors' strengths sort of against them. What sort of adjustments can the Raptors make, aside from just hoping that Maxi comes to Toronto and misses shots, and cools down a little bit? Because they have been operating at like near historic efficiency through two games. So what kind of adjustments can they make on D? One is made shots.
3: Two is getting on the offensive glass. Um, They did a little bit better in game number two on the offensive glass uh, because that if you pound the offensive boards and guys are leaking out, then you might be able to use that to your advantage. So make some shots so that your defense can get set. Or make a few more shots because you're not going to make all of your shots. Make a few more shots because your defense can get set. Get on the offensive glass because let's be honest here. Like one of the things that the Raptors did well, and this is what you're referring to, to win the season series, they dominated rebounding, offensive rebounds, second chance points, fast break points, and field goal attempts. Okay. In Game 1, they lost all five of those. Yeah, it's not but a if, winning you, recipe. if you look at fast-break points, that's a huge difference. The Raptors in the regular season were plus 43 in fast-break points. They were minus 19 in Game 1, minus 12 in Game 2. So you're right. That's one of the big factors. They were able to turn around mm-hmm. offensive boards. They were able to turn around second-chance points. Field goal attempts,
4: astronomically, fast-break points could be a huge factor in this game. All right, so it's must-win Wednesday. Uh, that's a mouthful. It is. You're going to keep going with this, aren't you? Yeah, why okay. not? Must win um, Wednesday. Must win Wednesday. Even though it's not a must win. It's not. Kind of, yeah, sort of a must, of must win. kind of, sort of a, you gave, you gave it the, the go ahead. Yeah, I, I did. Earlier, I said so. it would encourage so I'm, it, I'm so maybe good. I should shut up. Okay. Uh, because it's must win Wednesday, we got to go with a match game Wednesday as well. So the Raptors need a win more than blank Aww. needs
3: blank. I love the double blanks. I know some people are intimidated by the double blanks. <laughs> intimidated
4: but... when they can't come up with two blanks? Yeah, no, <laughs> but
3: harder. I think this one's I a little bit. Bit easier, I think. I don't think it's that much. Like, I'll give you an idea. Uh, the Raptors need to win more than Blank needs Blank. The Raptors need to win more than Tim needs Jesse. Ooh. Really? The Raptors need a win more than Joel Embiid needs a whistle. Like these are things that you can just walk into when you have the blank. <laughs> it is, it is, dare I say,
4: Jesse, a blank canvas. Very nice. Uh, Mike says the Raptors need a win more than Garrett Cole needs spider tack. Oh, rocked up again. up again
3: <laughs> last night. See now that that is a match game answer, Mike. Yeah, you know why? Pretty.
4: Because it's good, it's topical, a little bit of a chuckle, and it happened last night. Oh, he's just getting destroyed on social media. And rightfully so, he hasn't been good. Uh, Bo with the flow says, the Raptors need to win more than Jeff Nelson needs an eye exam. A couple of baseballs. <laughs> right and very a couple of, couple of horns right off very the good. bat. Yeah, I got I very good from producer Thomas Dobby. <laughs> Loves the G's. Um John Arthur Bell, the Raptors need to win more than Jesse needs dance lessons. <laughs> <laughs> that that's John. Three in a row. Hold on. Actually, that wasn't horns. Hold on. Maddie yes. Mark OK. John, appreciate that. Uh, JJ, Raptors need to win more than... Uh, keeper Milan Boryan needs gray pants. No, needs I, his gray pants. More than Tim
3: McAuliffe. Ne- hey, Canada soccer, man. Like, yeah. I'm one of the homies, am I not? Get me some of those track pants so when I'm playing keeper, when my finger is good again, if I go back in net, because I'm I don't surprised want to pull up they my haven't come again. down Yeah, I'm surprised have I, I need run. a pair of those yeah, track ridiculous. pants, all right? Canada Soccer Smart
4: knob, Canada Soccer. Hook a soccer. brother up. Smart knob. Blake says the Raptors need to win more than Embiid needs hey, the Raps. That's what you that said. That one, yep. Yeah,
3: yeah, it's good. Great minds think alike.
4: Uh, Rich, raps need to win more than Jerry West needs an apology for his portrayal <laughs> in winning time. Now, I don't I know got how a lot many people have seen this, but this story just came out today, and apparently Jerry West is not happy with. His portrayal in the, the Lakers. Are you
3: watching the series? I, watched I haven't like, started yet. Yeah, yeah, I watched like
4: 20 minutes, and I'm like, I need to savor
3: this. I need more time in I my life. I heard it's fantastic. Yeah, it seems like it's really good. But
4: Jerry West <laughs> evidently did not like it. So this is this this is Scottie Pippen in The Last Dance. Seems
6: Jerry that right. West. Seems that way. Right. <laughs>
4: uh, all right, PJ says, The Raptors need to win more than Leo DiCaprio needs a bigger piece of wood at the end of Titanic. It's, significant. The Raptors need a win. Did we, we have a gift of him dying? I guess it's not real life. But... Is that, yeah, is that a little, did I go overboard with that one? Yeah, All right. overboard with
7: that
4: one? Hey. Oh, nice. we just walked right into it. Uh, bottom of the Daryl says, uh, the Raptors need a win more than... Just say Daryl, man. Uh, I don't know, it's, it's just, it happens, f- it's how your brain process it, man. Uh, processes it, man, processes it. The Raptors need to win more than AI needs to talk about practice. Process the, process. the process. I got you, yeah. And the right. practice. Zacharias says, the Raptors need a win more than CP3 needs a <laughs> win in a Scott Foster officiated no, game. These, the, the, the double blank is working, yeah. kids. You guys are coming with some fire. Very impressive. Yeah. Uh, Calvin, the Raptors need a win more than Stone Cold Steve Austin needs beer. I had a beer. It. It? I had another beer. <laughs> Two beer. Three beer. Uh, do I have time for any more? One more? Okay. Uh, we got, whoa, whoa, what the Raptors need a win more than Phil Kessel needs a hot dog. Yeah, yeah. there you go. I got, I got more from the, a the later. Uh, we're going to get more from the Grams, so
3: hit us up at Tim and Friends. Uh, hit us up on Twitter, Jesse's sorting through all of the stuff. Once again, the match game today, the Raptors need a win more than blank needs blank. And I know you
4: wanted me to stop after I said Tim needs Jesse. but <laughs> I do need you, so let's roll on. That was very kind. Uh, let's go to Hawks now. Bruce Boudreau decided to go with Yaroslav Halak in the second of back-to-backs against the Sens last night. We talked about it a lot yesterday, but it only lasted one period as Halak was forced to leave the game in the first intermission with a right-hand injury. Thatcher Demko replaced him, but the Canucks lost to the Sens in a shootout as Ottawa snapped Vancouver's six-game winning streak, dealing a serious blow to the Canucks' playoff chances. Tim, are they done? Is that it? Well, now they need help.
3: Like, listen, we've done this. Are they done after every of the last, what, three or four games for the Vancouver Canucks? And they've gone on a run that put them back into the equation. But the Kings winning last night also put another nail in the coffin. Now they need help. Uh, And it might be that they need help against the Dallas Stars. And Dallas is on our airwaves tonight against Edmonton. Then they get Calgary. So Canucks four points back of Dallas for the final wild card. Mm -hmm. Now five points back of the Kings. And we showed you the Kings schedule yesterday. The Kings schedule is non-playoff teams, right? Like it's the Blackhawks, Ducks, and Kraken while... Vancouver now has to go with Demko in every game. Bruce Boudreaux saying last night, Halak's not traveling with them. So it's Demko time. And it sucks that when they made the decision, when they had the guts to go to Halak last
4: night, that they still had to put Demko in, right? Like, that's the heartbreaker of it all. They got a point, but other other than the point, which is obviously valuable, it's almost worst-case scenario because Halak, first of all, was playing really well when he got hurt. And then you bring in Demko. So Demko didn't get the rest. And now he's going to play the rest of the way. The rest of the way, which is not a good situation. Um, Tough. (laughs) Tough for the Vancouver Canucks. Tough to
3: say the least. And listen, uh, they played their way into this conversation. I think they played their way into a contract for Bruce Boudreaux. Mm -hmm. And they played their way into getting Vancouver to believe again. And that's something. Like, that, that right there, the way they responded to what looked like the end of the season shows me a little bit. you got to beat the Sens. You have to be. It, the Sens aren't the Kraken. The Sens aren't teams that have already given up the Blackhawks without Marc-Andre. They're mm-hmm. not that team, but – you got and have got that. The former Canuck beat him and then say after Rural. the game that he got the move from the, from the from Vancouver the coach, yeah. goaltending coach. Like, yeah. that was a tough way to do it, but listen – uh, they've played their way into a spot. Maybe they get some help, and that's the only
4: way. They had their—they controlled their own destiny. It was a tough task. They had to win six in a row, all in regulation. Now they need help. Yeah, JT Miller said after the game was probably unrealistic to assume that they were going to win out, but now they can win out from here. You never know. You, you, <laughs> you never, never know. know. Lots of more hockey talk coming up a little bit later in the show, but for now we go to the Diamond. The Blue Jays continue their set at Fenway Park tonight after dropping the opener 2-1 to the Red Sox. Last night, Bo Bichette made two throwing errors in the game, including one in the seventh inning that led to the winning run. So does Bo get a pass for last night? Because he has been better, and he did make a good play last night. That saved a run at one point in the game. Are you answering your own question? I guess a little bit. I guess a little bit. It's, I'm giving it, him a pass. I just I just answered it. It's hard,
3: right? It's hard to say that a guy's going to go errorless. That error, the second error really cost them. Yeah. Uh, it cost them the winning run. But let's be honest, through 10 games of the season, defense and probably the bullpen were the MVPs of this team. Correct. And so if you have one game where, listen, if this keeps happening, people are going to have a close eye on Bo Bichette, as they did last Mm -hmm. year. If it keeps happening, then you can start saying something. But 11 games in, to have your first two errors of the season, uh, you hope it's not something that's... Uh, between the years, right. Um, but I think he has earned the right with a lot of really good defense through the first two games to have a couple errors. Like, if your shortstop doesn't make an error uh, on a season, he doesn't play. Like, yeah. That's the only way shortstops don't make errors.
4: I mean, and again, they scored only one run. Uh, the offense is scuffling a, a little bit, and uh, I want to know your opinion on, on this, when you're looking at this team, you know the offense is going to come around at some point. They're too good not to. Yeah, they're banged off. So is it a positive that uh, the things that we're worrying about are things that you know are going to course correct over the course of the season?
3: As long as you get healthy. As long as you get healthy. Yeah, it's just these are, these are injuries. I mean, you'd like... Some other guys to
4: start chipping in here, but... Like other than Zach Collins, you mean? (laughs) Yeah, Zach Collins raking. Who would have known? Seven home runs and 351 plate appearances prior to the season. He's got two homers in three games. Is it true he's not in the lineup tonight? How could you take Zach Collins out of the lineup tonight? His bat is flaming hot like a Savannah banana bat.
3: (laughs) Pretty damn close.
4: you got to be careful with that, though.
3: (laughs) Once again, two and a half hours till 7.30 Eastern, coast to coast to coast, like butter on toast. Game day starts with Tim and Friends. You'll hear from Eric Smith, Matt Devlin, Nabil Kareem, Nick Nurse, and Doc Rivers will get their pregame chats. Anthony Stewart will drop by. Dan Showman from Fenway Park ahead of the Jays and the Red Sox. And something about bananas and what? Never mind. After the break, Kenny Reed stops by for an hour or so, whether he likes it or not. Tim and Friends. Big show! So as the kids say, let's go.
8: Toronto has some amazing fans. They're loud. They just have a great, great energy in this building. Do what the Raptors are known for. Fight back. This is that time of year. This is the platform where you want to go from good to great. We got to step
2: up and and answer the call. We need to get one and, and get ourselves back in the series.
6: High in the air to deep right field. And the hot streak continues. Zach Collins with his second home run of the season.
9: Toronto talking trash really kind of lit a fire. Like it's really bugging me. Canada in general is low-key hostile.
3: (laughs) Big day here on Tim and Friends. Such a big day. That Ken Reed has dropped by in the first hour to Sweet To Be yeah. Sour.
5: Kenny Reed back in the saddle. How are you, buddy? Such a big day. Put it up, Dauber. What? Such a big day. Producer Thomas Dobby's going to throw something up that I didn't make the lineup board. <laughs> <laughs> That's how big a day it is. Uh, I will gladly sit down for Shulman, <laughs> Stewart, Devlin, maybe Smith. <laughs> No,
3: I, come on. You know I you don't. You
5: can't tell me I'm not going to make it into that. I'm the seventh guy on that list. I don't think so. I'm here every Wednesday, contractually obligated to be here. Uh, look, Shulman, we- Stewie, and Devlin, no problem. No problem. Smith's been here since he was 12 years old, no problem. The other two I got issues with. <laughs> the
3: other two you
5: got issues with. Yeah. So you're yeah. going
3: after the old TSN guy and the Bill Kareem Absolutely.
5: And Absolutely. And <laughs> FaZe. I love you, FaZe, but come on. Uh, tenure, buddy. Tenure goes to me. <laughs> and the other guy's never been on this show. <laughs> so come on. What's I, going on here? I, I don't make
3: those lists. You know that, right? Uh, we you, can make. Hey, can we put a seventh name on that list, Dobbs? Is do, there something. do something.
4: Maybe we can just do something. He's the a, only one here for an hour. What are, how we about, how about?
10: are you talking to me for? Thank you.
4: Jesse? No, 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 no I don't make you the don't the need list. to be on that list is my point. You're the only one that's here for an hour.
5: Oh, oh, oh so the guy that, that you're, contributes... You're co-hosting the okay. show for an hour. So there the guy that contributes the most doesn't deserve to be on the list. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> okay, the Raptors need it's to win goodness. more than I need to be on that list. That's my little <laughs> match game for you guys. How's the match game going, Jesse? It's fiery on us. Uh, sorry, what right was now. your match game? The Raptors need to win more than I need to be on that list. So I actually <laughs> I have another one. The Raptors need to win... <laughs> More than I need my trophies back on this set. I got we it. Can we'll get into you that. Tweeted
4: that. out. What's
3: going on here with the you didn't put trophies or bobbleheads on well, the
5: set? There's something percolating out there. What, what like, do you mean percolating out there? It's happening. Where I, smoke, I know what percolating fire. means, but Well, I, there's talk. There's a lot of talk. I got a text from a, a very prominent former member of the media in Canada. A very prominent yeah, former a, member a, of the media. In, in Canada America. that I'd like to read to you. No longer a member of the media No, he No, he's since retired. He's moved on to other things where he actually gets paid. <laughs> right. You know what it's like to be in the media. In we make, we yeah. make tons of cash yeah. in Canada. Oh, is that why the guy from TNT put his name up there? Because <laughs> yeah. he probably has a good agent. Yeah. You have I mean, agents in the States. <laughs> anyway, it says, yep. if I can read you this. And, and, and listen, these are not my words, okay? These are the, these are the words of this former broadcast like, journalist who I like texted he me looked this.
3: Down at, he looked down at his phone. There's yeah. a recognition, oh, I better say that yeah. these well, aren't my words. Because
5: there's maybe a slam at Timmy, and Tim's a really good athlete, okay? Right. I played, uh, you that, know, that, softball that, with him in beer league blood. hockey. Great half-clapper, questionable goaltender in soccer. a travesty bring back the picto juvenile trophy a symbol for all maritimers and all canadians that greatness can be in anyone's grasp if you work hard and want it bad enough (laughs) McAuliffe is upset and jealous because he never won anything never climbed the mountain and reached the summit so it's happening it's percolating there's a lot Alex of buzz Alex J. Walling
3: has your phone number? It is not
5: Alex J. Walling. It is not. No. no. Oh, Alex it. J. Legend down Legend. home. Legend. Legend. Loves do That's what you call it. It's down home, right?
3: Yeah, down home, down back Down home. home. What's going on with you besides bitching and complaining these days? That's about it. It's pretty,
5: <laughs> that's pretty much far for the course that's with it. me, as you know. But, yeah. Speaking I'm, of trophies. A way to change the subject, but, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> No. I was going to give you a segue out of that nonsense. But. I'm just a little upset at the lineup, but turn me off. Are you really you. upset? We talked upstairs. I was in a good yeah. mood. My yeah. wife got you some sort of a gift. I'm, yeah, what's ah.
3: going on with the gift? It says <laughs> no. to me and Ivanka. To
5: Ivanka. Both no of idea. us. Yeah. Same yeah. thing. It's Did you share it? I don't know what's in the box. <laughs> Hopefully it's not like seven.
11: Remember that movie? <laughs> yeah, oh, that freaked me out. <laughs>
3: yeah. um, we were talking about the Hart Trophy in our morning meeting. Yeah. And Jonathan Huberdeau. Wait just passed Connor McDavid for the league lead in points, now 111 points in this, and I'm like am I the only one that is really interested in who the three finalists for this award should be mm-hmm. and who they're going to be because it seems to me like every day there's Shesterkin's played his way back into this conversation Played his way
5: back, but okay, he has Uberdo clearly doesn't get enough attention because of where he plays. Funny that we in the uh, Canadian media would really pump up Austin Matthews, deservedly so. The dude's at 58 goals. We don't talk about Uberdo enough. Uh, best playmaker in the National Hockey League, playing on arguably one of the top, what, three, four teams in the NHL. Yeah. So maybe we should Barkov, talk about more.
3: It's so funny because I think Barkoff takes away from Uberdo for mm-hmm. many. Mm-hmm. But when you talk about a, like Matthews plays with Marner, yes, <laughs> McDavid yes. and Drysod yes. play together. Yes, Gaudreau's got like the best line in hockey right now. Yeah,
5: you know what's awesome is I was going over the top, the top point guys in the NHL. Uh, here's my research: one, two, three, four, five, six, top seven. Guess how many play for Canadian teams? 5 or 6? Six. Six. 6. Like and, we are spoiled up here sorry, and no so idea. maybe we're paying attention to those other 6 aside from Mr. Uberdo well, who's buried down in Sunrise
3: a couple of days ago I said with all due respect to Jonathan Uberdo uh-huh. I
5: think the 3 Hart Trophy finalists are on Canadian teams. Uh, and, yeah, I, I I think you got to put Uberdo in the top 3 spot.
3: Don't you? Who, but who are you moving out? Uh-huh. And on, like, on, like, this is the tough part. And I'm, okay. I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but this is the conversation. Okay. And Shosturkin, if he, Ooh, win, if tough. he wins both save percentage and goals against average, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like that's when he was one and two, I was like, yeah, maybe you can just shove him to the side, okay. give him his old Vesna, and he'd be okay.
5: Yeah, but maybe you look at Florida and you say, yeah, they're ten points better than the Rangers, but are the Rangers there without him? So. But, by the way, we, we do need to give a nod to the CFL and call it most outstanding player, first off. That's that's what we should do in all sports. You, you, Don't you agree you, with that? Not the valuable no, I actually, thing? I actually like the valuable thing. I'm sorry. Okay. Most valuable player to his yeah. team. Because
3: okay. I believe that true superstars make those around them better.
5: Yeah, and but I, then I yeah. always say Andre Dawson won National League MVP in 1987 and the Cubs were dead last in the NL East. But that's, my, right. that's a different sport as well. And it's also true.
3: Well, getting close to 30 years, 40 yeah. years ago. Well, I do like my very much. Yeah, references. 40 years ago. <laughs>
5: uh, yeah, I mean, who, who would I move out there? I, if I say McDavid, everyone in Edmonton wants to kill me. Uh, but I'm going to say McDavid.
3: You would move McDavid out of the mix? Yes. And see, this is, you're taking the, you're taking the narrative way out. Yes, Because he's am. got his. Yes, Yeah. pretty much. And, but that's the truth. Like, yeah. everyone, everyone who sits at home, and listen, Edmonton fans don't get mad at Kenny. This is how it goes. It's nothing personal. Writers... This is why Shaquille O'Neal only won one MVP in the right. National Basketball and, Association. It, right. He's like, oh, you'll
5: get another it's one why another why LeBron time. should win every year. Right.
3: Yeah. Or right. He used to up to now. So you think that Goudreau, Matthews, and Uberdeau are your
5: three? All right. Now I've changed my mind. Now it's, uh, <laughs> now it's Matthews, McDavid, and Uberdeau. Now I want Calgary to be angry at it. I, the, Here's the thing. If
3: Matthews doesn't – I had Matthews in as my winner. Mm -hmm. But if he doesn't hit 60 or if someone passes him Mm -hmm. for the rocket.
5: Yeah, the 60 thing looked like a foregone conclusion a week or so ago. Here's the argument you could make against Goodrell. The Calgary Flames are a far deeper team than the Edmonton Oilers are. Could you say that? And yeah. say, yeah, McDavid, they're not, they, they wouldn't be where they are without McDavid. But. I, I was
3: saying that for a while, and I was saying Markstrom's more valuable to that team than Goudreau is. Mm-hmm. So how can you make Goudreau your heart trophy? But then you started looking at the numbers, and he leads the league in even, even strength points by, I think, now 13. Mm-hmm. Like, it's unbelievable what he's doing five on five. People,
5: people should also know out there that I don't know what I'm talking about because. <laughs> You're I, a hockey guy. I didn't think that uh, the Oilers. I, I, I kept. And I want to get into this when we have Stewie on. But I kept saying the Oilers' problem is goaltending. And I had a very well respected former Oiler uh, text him with me. He's like, it's not goaltending. It's not goaltending. It's, and, and, and it turns out it hasn't might, been. They're might, so much better five on five under the new coach.
3: Might, might we be all wrong? Well, Mike Smith. We'll bring that up with him, Stewart. And before we get to break, we've updated the board. The board has been updated. Sweet. And there you go. Ken ah, Reed. Ah, yes. Ken Reed has been added to the
7: mix. Right Middle, baby.
5: Middle of the pack. Nabil Kareem and Faisal Kamisa. Oh. Sorry, Nabil. Sorry, Faisal. Hey. Hey. There we go. This is an ego business, isn't it, media? Oh, the egos in this business. Time for a break.
3: To Fenway Park next, Jason Red Sox, second of a three-game set. Danny Shulman never asked for his nameplate. He just knows he's a big part of the show and a friend always. Not contracted And,
5: and a far better broadcaster than I'll ever be.
3: Fenway next, Timmy, Kenny, Danny, Jesse.
5: Make the people move
3: up. <laughs> Welcome back to Tim and Friends. Can you read in studio? Jays back in Fenway tonight after a tough 2-1 loss last night. Jose Barrios on the mound against Canadian Nick Pavetta. You can see it starting with Hazel Maine, Joe Siddle on Blue Jay Central. 6.30 Eastern, 3.30 Pacific over on Sportsnet 1. Lots of navigation today. Keep up with it. Jays lineup looks like this. Same top four as usual, but Vladimir Guerrero Jr. will get the day off at first till DH. Cavan will slide in there. Matt Chapman hits fifth. Raymel Tapia was Tapia for a bit. I believe it's Tapia again. Mm -hmm. Kenny, did you know that? Well, we'll have to ask Dan. There was Dan Shulman coming up. I know this. Santiago Espinal, which I love saying, starts at second once Mm -hmm. again. And Alejandro Kirk is catching and batting eight despite not being in the lineup tonight here's charlie montoyo on the red hot zach collins
2: to his credit he we gave him a chance and he's taking advantage of it you know and and the one thing i like about him the most is like when he caught you know he did a good job behind the plate i've never seen him before and and that makes me feel great and now he, he might catch tomorrow just because of that you know and of course at the plate he's been really good and even yesterday, he faced a left-handed pitcher and hit a line drive. So he, he's been a pleasant surprise, and, and he got a chance, and he's, he's taking advantage of it.
3: That's Charlie Montoyo from Fenway Park. Let's get Danny Shulman in on the equation from Fenway Park. Dan, do you still get goosebumps walking into cathedrals like you're sitting in front of right now?
6: Yes. Yeah. A- absolutely. And this is one of the special places. I- I've probably, other than Rogers Center, I've probably been to this ballpark more than any other. It'd be either be this place or or Yankee Stadium. But absolutely, yes. I- I'm trying to, uh, you know, as as I, maybe I'm not round and third and heading to home, but I'm between second and <laughs> third. Anyways, I know that. <laughs> and, and so I am trying to appreciate all these places uh, a little bit more and. Listen, uh, the monster's cool. The vibe is cool. It's, it's you know, I know a lot of people who are watching absolutely despise the Red Sox, but it's a very cool place to call a ballgame. I used to get into it with Jeff Blair sometimes because
5: he hates Fenway. It's a dump. I'm like, Fenway's the best. Fenway and Wrigley? Oh, my goodness, man. If you're yeah, they're special.
6: Game. They're in their own separate category. Uh, you know, Jim Blair's a bit of a diva. I mean, we all know <laughs> that, so that, that, that's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Complaining about the Wi-Fi <laughs> in Winnipeg.
3: and uh, Manitoba's
5: you know. very own MBO, yeah, Jeff
3: Blair. And Fenway's a dump. Um. Um, bullpen and defense maybe said this in the opening block, may have been the MVPs through 10 games. Do you give a, ba- a pass to Bo for a couple of errors? One really cost him, or is that something to keep an eye on here?
6: I, I don't think you can say it's something to keep an eye on. I mean, if it happens again, um, you know, in the next couple of games, then maybe it's something to keep an eye on. Um, but in the same game, like he made, Two great plays earlier in the game, yeah. and then, now he did have two errors, and there's no, you know, there's no erasing that. And the second one, as you mentioned, Tim, was very costly. But I, listen, everything is something to keep an eye on, right? But I, I choose to look at it as a blip. If it if it persists, if it continues, uh, then it's something to talk about more. But I think where he was a year ago compared
5: to where he is now, to me, is a, a much much better defensive player. I mean, look at this one we're showing. The first thing I thought was Tony Fernandez on that play. He goes deep in the yep. hole, and then sidearm. Uh, yeah, yeah, sidearm, and then yeah automatic pass, Dan, when he makes the air, It all evens out, right? Yeah, and he it's interesting because I, I guess it depends on the kind of ground ball
6: that he gets. If it comes right at him, you don't see him flip it sidearm. He is mm-hmm. straight over yeah. the top. But when he's charging a ball, he is more comfortable on the run with his momentum taking him forward, flipping it from a lower angle. And it was a cold night. Maybe he didn't have a good grip on the ball. I'm not exactly 100% sure. But, um, you know, something to, uh, I guess, if he has to charge a couple of balls tonight, we'll see how he plays them. But uh, I don't think this is anything really to be concerned
3: about. Yeah, you saw you Kikuchi licking the hand a little bit last night, so that might have something to do with it. Let's let's talk about Kikuchi a little bit here because I got in the car on the way to the boys' hockey game last night. Tough loss. But I digress. I heard Ben Wagner give me the old uh, you say Kikuchi walked the first batter on four pitches, walks the second batter on five. And I think here we go again. Go in, uh, watch the boys and girls lose. Uh, Then I come out and it's still one one. And like, how did we get there? Did you say find it? Like, where did you end up on Kikuchi's start, Dan?
6: He threw. I thought it was definite progress. He threw his fastball much, much more. I think he threw it about 35% of the time, his first start, and about 55% of the time last night. They are really tinkering with his pitch mix. Uh, they want him to throw different pitches more, different pitches not as often. This one needs to be located in a different area. This is a real fixer-upper right now. You can see the stuff. He throws 95. He hit 97 a couple of times. You can see the movement on his off-speed pitches. But they think that just some of the game planning that he had in Seattle, why did you throw this pitch there? Why did you throw this pitch in that count? That those are the kinds of things they can work on. And he was really successful with his fastball last night. I think there was only one hard-hit ball, one double off his fastball. So I, I thought this was a nice step forward. Um, I don't know if anybody's expecting this guy to be at you know at the head of the rotation, but if he can do for the Blue Jays what Stephen Matz did for the Blue Jays last year, right. then mm-hmm. I think it's all going to work out pretty well.
5: Is that all, Pete Walker, or is there like a
6: team that goes into looking at this and what to do with Kikuchi? There's a team. I, I mean, it's Pete Walker, it's Matt Bushman, it, it's uh, folks in the analytics department, um, and and you know they they do their digging and they look at what he did in Seattle. And hey, this pitch got hit to that extent and mm-hmm. in this count you like that pitch but that pitch doesn't work in that count or in that location uh, you know they've all got the tools all 30 teams right if they if they choose to use them have the tools to break down the numbers and um, you know even somebody even a dummy like me can go online and look at baseball savant and and figure out a couple of very surface rudimentary things so it, it's you don't have to dig too deep to say to be able to see there's something there but it's going to take some tinkering to try to bring it out
5: so what are they seeing with brios so far
6: I don't think they're concerned. I mean, the first one, you know, I think he was a little bit amped up, and he said after the, that game he was trying to be too perfect. And you know, opening day start, forty-five thousand people, big day. Um, the, the second one was was fine. It wasn't great, but it was obviously a lot better than the first one. But Jose Barrios, without a lot of hyperbole, is about as consistent um, and dependable a starting pitcher as there is in baseball. Like the guy never misses a start, and you look at his ERAs from year to year: three six, three eight, three five, three nine. He's fine. Uh, I think Jose Barrios is way down the list of things that the Blue Jays would be concerned about at this point. So, listen, this is no easy task, right? At Fenway against the Red Sox, good lineup still, but uh, I don't think there's any concern about him at all.
3: Taking on the Victoria kid, Nick Pavetta, today. I mentioned this to uh, Ben Nicholson-Smith yesterday. I didn't have the old Zach Collins DHing and batting fifth on the old bingo (laughs) card. Tell me a little something about the guy... Zach Collins on opening day walked by our set on the field and said, hey, nice shoes. And I had to look up and make sure who that was who just said to me, hey, nice shoes, because I didn't know who it was until I all right, new guy, don't recognize the face, bigger. Do- That's got to be
6: Zach Collins, right? Like, wh- <laughs> what do you know about him, Dan? Former first-round pick, um, a bat, uh, more of a reputation for the bat than the glove. Uh, didn't swing the bat well. The first four or five times he got in there for the Blue Jays early this season was kind of overmatched at times, and now they can't get him out. So, uh, if you're Charlie Montoyo, you ride the wave, although, as I know, the next question is going to be, he's not in the lineup tonight. That, I think, is just that Vladdy is DHing and that kind of choose up the spot, I guess. Collins, as we heard in the clip off the top of the segment, is likely to catch tomorrow. Uh, I guess they didn't want him in there catching Barrios tonight. They wanted Kirk catching Barrios and Biggio at first. Collins is going to start taking some ground balls. He's played a little bit of first base. So I think he is going to be a DH, hmm. pinch hit, catcher, first base, kind of an option in all of those roles as long as he stays hot. Right? If he stays hot, he'll play four or five times a week. If he doesn't... They'll try somebody else because, right. especially with Teoscar Hernandez out, they've got a spot to fill, whether it's right field, whether it's DH. You know, it's, it's different every day,
5: right? But um, they're looking for all the offense they can find right now. Speaking of guys that are they're playing a lot, uh, can we call second base? Is that Santiago Espinel's bag now? Is that debate over it, between him and Biggio? It is for now. It sure yeah. feels that way. I mean, again, you know, everything
6: is subject to change, and they've played 11 games out of 162. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, if he cools off and Biggio heats up, things change, platoon, whatever. Um, but Espinal came in, had a good camp, and then he had those two big RBI doubles. I don't know if it was the first two games or two of the first three, but he had two big hits in the first series, and Biggio hasn't been able to get it going yet. So, you know, this is, a, this is not a developmental year for this team anymore. This, this franchise is past that. This is a the window is open, go win kind of year. And Espinal is, is playing really well. I mean, he's a terrific defender, as we know. Uh, he had an 11-pitch at It wound up with a strikeout, but he had an 11-pitch bat against Nathan Ivaldi last night that probably got Evaldi out of the game an inning earlier. So um, Espinel's a really interesting guy. I still think Biggio will have his spots. A little bit at second, a little bit at first, a little bit in right. Uh, and again, just like Zach Collins, you hit, you'll play. Mm-hmm. Uh, less than a
3: minute here. Before I let you go, though, Garrett Cole doesn't make it through the second inning last night. That's interesting to some hardcores. Is it interesting to you?
6: Yes. Yeah, uh, it's, you know, because the second half of last year at times uh, after the, uh, you know, the the, uh, the cracking down on the sticky stuff, yeah. you know, that seemed to impact yeah. him more than most. And, uh, you know, Vladdy took him out on a 98 mile an hour, fa- took him out twice, once on a 98 mile an hour fastball in and now five walks in an inning and two thirds. That is not Garrett Cole. Now, it was cold in Detroit, not ideal conditions. I get it. But that would fall under the heading of the Bronx, I think, of things to keep an eye on because yeah. they are incredibly dependent on him to be at the head of that rotation. Without a doubt. And hitting his
5: time. I'm a pro Dan Shulman, Hey, eh? well, 14, 13, 12. That's <laughs> what I, I, I count down literally out loud to hit my time. <laughs> Danny, thanks for doing this. Enjoy Fenway and enjoy the game tonight. All right, thanks guys. See you buddy. As uh, Dan Schulman. That Espinol at bat last night was fantastic. I watched it with my little guy. It was like watching an October at bat. It I was foul, what,
3: foul, I was foul. watching uh, as established U13 uh
5: Hockey. I heard you lost it on the refs, too. you got to get that <laughs> out of control, buddy.
3: <laughs> a reminder we I did not. A reminder we're here with you until 7.30 Eastern with tons of Raptors pregame. Oh, that's why my name didn't make the board. And Scotiabank Arena and Jurassic Park and a little more hockey. Anthony Stewart, Gene Pince Bay. Coming up next, Tim and Friends. You did an IG. <laughs> What's that?
10: Tim and Friends.
3: And now, time for Real Sports Talk with Tim McCallum and friends of the show. Thank you very much, Chief Now uh, Can you just repeat the sentence that you just
5: whispered to me before we came back on air? I figured out what my dad's finishing move in <laughs> wrestling is. All my buddies were, and our dads, we make fun of them like we pretend they're professional wrestlers. Right. So I, it dawned on me today what my dad's. Finishing Finish move, move is. All, I, I had a physical the other day, and all I can say is I won't give the details of what the move is on the air. <laughs> but I will tell you, my dad's a doctor, and his finishing move is called the general practitioner. He's like, oh. oh, no! It's time for the general practitioner! <laughs> we can all and assume, then he does his move. We can all assume what that move No, might no, be. it's not what you think it is.
3: No. Uh, back here, Tim and Friends, another 90 minutes. <laughs> so we go all the way to 7.30 Eastern, we'll let the people figure it out. I think leaving it <laughs> out there and I'll let Tim Listen, Raptors pregame ahead of game three between Raptors and Sixers right here on Sportsnet. Ken Reed alongside for another segment at least. Uh, Kenny, I, I do IG is Instagram.
5: Okay, I have that I on have, my
3: phone. I have, uh, I have pulled up our Instagram feed and I have paused it on our story. Dan Shulman, Anthony Stewart, Eric. Sp- Look in the middle of all that. <laughs> there is a Ken Reed on the marquee. Yes, so while they you, fixed were, it. you were left out on Twitter, you were included on Instagram. Is there is there any solace in that?
5: No, because okay. this shows on national television, not a social media nerd thing like Instagram. <laughs> By the way, go to my Instagram account, <laughs> uh, Ken Reed Sportsnet, and watch me try on two new hockey helmets today. Uh, but what? That's what I did on Instagram yeah. today. Well, no wonder, my buddy Gump, no wonder it's a nerd thing. My You're buddy Gump from Warrior sent me a couple new buckets. They're I'm sweet. glad there are hockey helmets. I Jesse,
4: do you have some? Uh... Uh, yeah, I got some match games. Before we get to that, uh, Rich um, says the disrespect on Ken, obviously referring to the guest list, uh, said, so don't worry, I got your back. So you also made it onto a second marquee. Uh, thanks, you. now Richard. playing... Best friend, Ken Reed, in cinema today. Uh, Thank you, Richard. But for the match games, I got a couple Ken Reed-related ones as well. Match game flowing on those uh,
3: nerdy uh, social media platforms that Kenny's talking about. The Raptors need a win more than blank needs blank. The Raptors need a win more than blank needs blank. The double blank
4: I'm always a fan of. Jay says the Raptors need a win more than Ken Reed needs a suit he didn't pick out of the Joker's closet. Oh, that's pretty good. I mean, it is a Joker like with the purple. It, yeah, it's not
5: bad, and it is like it, we do get these out of a closet upstairs, and I've been accused of being a Joker, so that's quite accurate.
4: Okay. I got one more for you. The Raptors need a win more than Ken Reed needs to see his name on TV.
5: And here, <laughs> There's a lot of egos in this broadcasting business, Jamie. That's a all lot I got for you, egos. Ken Reed. Related. That's, that's uh, Jesse Rubinoff with the match game.
3: Ken Reed sitting beside me, Tim McAlvin. Anthony Stewart will join us shortly. As mentioned, until 6.30 Eastern, Eric Smith, Mac Devlin, Nabil Kareem, Faisal Kameeson, Jurassic Park all on the way as the Raptors try and claw back into their series with the Sixers tonight. It's been a rough start to the series For the Raptors, getting beaten most facets with a lot of attention on the whistle. Nick Nurse scheduled to speak in around 15 minutes, so we may get a further injury update, but it sounds like there's a chance Scotty Barnes could play tonight after his ugly-looking ankle injury in game one. Here's Nick Nurse earlier today.
1: Scotty moving around a little bit, looked to be a little bit better, um, the limp and everything,
2: how's he doing? Yeah, he looks like he's doing pretty good. He does, yeah think he's recovering nicely any chance you could have him on the floor tonight maybe maybe
5: is this it, it fair to that uh gary being present is a good sign that he'll be around
2: 22 yes gary will play tonight again it'll it'll probably be tim that he goes out and, and starts again and we'll see how he's going i mean the issues that he's having are just kind of uh and i mean among others but the biggest thing i think that's affecting him physically is just being able to breathe and, and get, you know, get, you know, catch his wind and, and survive through that. So hopefully some of that will be, be better.
3: Thank you, Nick. And again, uh, we're on until 7.30 Eastern. The 6.30 that I was referring to was, of course, in Churchill, Manitoba. Nick Nurse is set to speak again, 15 minutes. Uh, we'll listen in on that and if there are any injury updates. We'll get them to you. Plus, full pregame to the pregame on the way right here on Tim and Friends.
5: So I like that I complained about my name not being on the thing because now you guys are being candling them in kids' gloves, and I get to read the news as well. Oh, nice.
3: Here's some here's some news from Kenny Reed.
5: Yeah, Jays are in Boston tonight. It's on Sportsnet 1. Starts at Blue Jays Central, 6.30 Eastern time, 7.30 in Churchill, Manitoba. <laughs> Lost last night for the Jays. Quiet bats. Couple of errors. Jose Barrios against Nick Pavetta tonight. Jays start tonight. Three-way tie for first in the L East with the Red Sox and Yankees in case you're really weird and looking yep. at the standings already. It would be 5.30 in Churchill.
2: Uh, 7.30
5: s- in Frederickton, Brockwood. <laughs> Trouble in paradise for the Niners and Devo Samuel, the receiver slash ball carrier, reportedly asked for a trade according well, to Ian money. Rapoport. It's not about money. Yeah. Samuel, looking for a long-term contract with the whole Trade Me Now thing. More about his usage in 2021 in Kyle Shanahan's system. He's used more as a runner. Then a pass catcher down the stretch and in the playoffs. He's so valuable
3: to hockey. Oilers, the lone Canadian team in action tonight. They host the stars see SportsNet West and 360, beginning with Hockey Central at 8 p.m. Eastern, 6 local in Alberta. Oilers closing in on a clinching a playoff spot and are looking good for second in the Pacific, something that didn't seem likely when Jay Woodcroft took over back in February since Woody he took over the Oilers are tied for fourth most wins in the NHL with twenty one their goal difference plus thirty two also good for fourth best in the entire league over that span and the play of Mike Smith of late is a source of wow. hope for the Oilers and their fans as they head towards the playoffs in April. Smith 6-0 with a goals against of 149 and a save percentage of 955. My guy's coming off two straight shutouts and is seventh in the NHL. Excuse me. He is the seventh NHL goalie at over 40 to post back-to-back shutouts. Got it good since you understood. He could become the first ever Oilers goalie to record three straight shutouts. With more in tonight's game, let's send it to our solid veteran, the guy who gets better with age, Gene Principe. Gino! Oh.
2: Oh.
11: Oh. oh, hi. Hey Tim, sorry, just, uh when you're old you gotta kinda Stretch it out a little bit and get prepared for what's supposed to be a a huge game tonight uh, between Edmonton and Dallas. In fact, uh, you know you're old when you're 10 years, an entire uh, decade older than the head coach of the Edmonton Oilers, Jay Woodcroft. And tonight, uh, Jay comes into the game actually the fourth youngest coach in the NHL against the second oldest coach in the National Hockey League, that being Rick Bonus. But despite the fact he's not that old, uh, some might be surprised by the success that Jay Woodcroft has had with the Edmonton Oilers, but Jay is not. In fact, the other day saying he's prepared for 17 years uh, to have this opportunity as a head coach in the NHL and he certainly is making the most of it. He's done a number of things to help the Edmonton Oilers get better. And along with that are individual efforts like Mike Smith, who is, as mentioned, on the verge of making it back to back to back shutouts to have three shutouts in a row uh, on that age theme as the second oldest goal in the NHL is certainly something special but put it all together and it's working out great for Edmonton who can't quite clinch a playoff spot yet but certainly with a win tonight to get closer to being able to do that and then have a a little bit of time at the end of the season not so much to rest but at least have a bit of a mental break not pushing through the final days to get a playoff spot and uh, Tyson Berry had something interesting to say today about Jay Woodcroft saying that he's super detailed but at the same time he's super nice speaking of which Tim I think you have one of your friends with you who would be described as super nice right or, or how would you describe him?
3: <laughs> super needy
5: super, today. Super nerd.
3: <laughs> Needed his name on the board today.
5: Super slightly overweight. Gene Principe wasn't on the board. Super, super bag of milk, body.
3: <laughs> super pale. Oh, uh, By the way, I love how everyone's talking about Jay Woodcroft being young. He's a year younger than me.
5: You guys went to high school together, right? <laughs> went to
3: grade school together. Wow. Yeah, all the way up, uh, Jay Woodcroft. And I even played hockey together, but I think he was... Well, he must have got better than you at some point. Yeah, a little little bit better than me. Uh, Speaking of a guy that's a little bit better than both of us, Anthony Stewart. A lot better. Joining us
1: from the NHL on Sportsnet Studios. What's going on, Stewie? How are you, brother? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How's everyone doing studio side? Good.
5: Good. We're good. I got my name on the guest board, so I'm happy. Wasn't there at the start of the show, Stewie. What do you think of that?
1: That's disrespect, as they see (laughs) in the NHL with a K. That's That's bad. Disrespect. Disrespect. I, yeah. felt I felt like regret. I was playing well, for the Atlanta
5: Thrashers or something. Yeah. Oh, Put some wow. respect
1: on their name now. Come yeah. on. Yeah. And, <laughs>
5: and some
3: disrespect to that jacket because you are—you got a—you're living on the edge. You got a pen in there without a pocket protector.
1: It's funny here. They asked me, "Did I really want to have this in my pocket?" I said, "Absolutely." They're for sale. I'm not sure if you saw on Twitter right now. I have um uh, I have a hundred—a shipment of hundred new pens coming in, so oh, you can nice. get them for the low price of six ninety-nine per pen.
5: Wow. Oh, nice. And that's yeah. the Scarborough pen you were saying one no, day. No,
1: Scarborough iPhone. Scarborough. <laughs>
5: Scarborough iPhone. Okay, <laughs> yeah. do
3: you do you call like are you live in Scarborough? Don't you or you're pretty beaches, damn close to the oh, beaches. Your beaches. Yeah, yeah. Is that
5: Scarborough?
1: Are you on the west or east side of Captain Jack's? If you're on the east side I'm of Captain captains. Jack's.
5: I'm close to captains. close to captains. So this. when I first moved look to the, the beaches. First sail. Look at Excellent. That. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> what a hustler. Who's a hustler? Help me ask about him. Wow. Well, this is a true story, Stu, <laughs> and I've told you this. When I first moved to the beaches, I worked out at this gym. <clears throat> I went to a gym. <laughs> uh, uh, uh and the Stewart boys would come in, Chris and Anthony, oh, and I'd yeah. be like, this must be a pretty good gym. And then I'd watch them walk up the road, and most of the time they'd go right into Captain Jack's right after they work. working.
1: They called me the, uh, the Wolf of Queen Street, as they would say back in the- So those are my party days. They're long gone for sure.
3: Yeah. Uh, so I asked the question of the team earlier this week. Could we have been wrong about Mike Smith? Like, it's a tough question, but most of the hockey world thought the Oilers should have gone out and got a goalie at deadline.
1: Kenny and I were just talking. I'll put my hand up. I was dead wrong. Was I wrong about Mike Smith? Uh, I I think so, because keep in mind, he is 40 years old. But remember, this is not – he didn't play 40 or 45 games. He was injured for a lot of the season this year, so he's Mm -hmm. only had 25 starts. He made 26 appearances. So he's sort of been well-rested throughout the season. I know he's nursing an injury most of the game, but uh, most of the season, uh, but since, you know, he's come in relief of Koskinen, look at these numbers. They play, they, they talk for themselves. And I was at the game against Vegas the other night, and just the energy and the competitiveness, competitiveness, he brings every single shift. Until that puck is in the net, he's battling every single shift. It's amazing to see he is the true number one for this Edmonton Oilers team. Now,
5: we could say we're wrong about uh, Mike Smith but maybe we were totally wrong about the Oilers too because what I was told from a couple guys uh, that I respect a lot uh, hockey guys was that it's not Mike Smith it's it's the team in front of him and if they start to play better 5-on-5 five five, he's going to look better as well and 5-on-5 five five, since Timmy, your boy, took over this Edmonton Oilers team, they're a different team than they were under Dave Tippett. Agree? Disagree?
1: I, I think so, and I think last time I was on the program, I talked about you know the assist, the head coach in the minor league team sort of is the pipeline to the organization because there's players coming up and down. He's in constant contact with the NHL coaching staff, so he knows exactly what's wrong. So when he comes up, it's usually a quicker fix uh, than most, but he has this team buying in. And what I liked about the uh, the, the win versus Vegas the other night was Connor or Settle weren't on the game sheet, on the score sheet, and right. other guys find a way to get it done in CC and Russell and Fogle. So that's going to be the recipes for success because we saw what happened last year in the second round. They got shut down, uh, so these other guys have to step up. There's a uh What's his name there? Cassie and I should have made that uh, shot a little bit earlier there, but they're <laughs> dialed in and that's the makings of a good team. When you have four lines going, uh, Darnell nurse is a horse playing 27 minutes a night. So this team feels seems like they're ready to take that next step, especially if Mike Smith is playing 940, 950 hockey.
5: Yeah. It's unbelievable what he's doing right now. I love the show. Bill Maher and he has this segment called, I don't know for a fact, but I know that it's true. Now, Stu, you're a hockey guy. I don't know for a fact that it's true, but I have to believe this is true. Fogel's nickname has to be McLovin, right? Like, the boys got to call him McLovin, right? Chicka, chicka, yeah.
1: And there's some other lines of that movie that I can't use, but yeah. Yeah, I'd be calling him McLovin every I would single do. day. Oh, I'd yeah. be putting yeah. up, uh, I'd be buying fake IDs and putting it in. Oh, install. yeah,
5: he's NHL, first NHL from Hawaii. Every time he scores, I just yell out McLovin on the air. That's <laughs> first hilarious. First from Hawaii. Uh, so, our, I mean,
3: listen, part of me thinks that, Vancouver fans are going to be watching tonight, cheering for the Oilers, which will feel kind of sort of sacrilegious, and then cheering for Calgary. Is there a shot for Vancouver at all in your eyes, or is the jam done?
1: Well, as the beep says, never say never. But I'm looking at the math, and the math isn't mathing. So I could see if they're playing Dallas or or, or Nashville. Uh, two or three times left in the season. But it's going to be too tough to jump over two, three teams to make it in. And, you know, I think Dallas has an easier schedule. I know Nashville has an easy schedule as well. So the only hope, I think, for them is if Los Angeles sort of uh, falls all the way out of it. But say what you will, I think regardless if they make it or not, they sold the hope for next season. So with some retooling, I hope, uh, you know, Coach Boudreaux is back because he's done a phenomenal job with this group. But I think they're a team to be watching out for next year and uh, the coming years after that.
5: Speaking of a coach doing a phenomenal, Job and we never talk about the Dallas Stars. Their start was just awful, and what Rick Bonus has done, like to take this team on this run, where they're a cinch for a playoff spot, basically with five, six games to go. I mean, I thought they were going to be in a lottery situation at the start of the season. Why don't I mean, why don't we talk about Dallas more, Stu? And what have you seen from the Stars?
1: Well, it's it's, it's funny if you would have told me that um, you know Sagan and Ben would be having off seasons and they'd be fighting for the playoffs, I would have said no, there's no way, but. Just Jason Robertson and Pavelski yeah. and Rupe Hintz, these guys are the new stars and the new face of this team. They're playing some great hockey. Audinger and is having a great season as well too. So um, what I'm surprised by is, you know, they're notoriously under bonus uh, a defensive first system. They were usually for top five in the league or top quarter in the league on defensive zone and penalty kill. But to have the offense right now, and we're talking about that Pavelski line, they're tops in the National Hockey League in production. So that's amazing. So Dallas, whether or not they make a run, I think they surprised a lot of people this year in the National Hockey League.
3: Uh, before we let you go, I'm going to hit you with a hard ball. I asked Kenny to give me his three heart trophy finalists. And we ended up with about get, six or I get seven. I eight. Do you, what do you think? Three Hart Trophy finalists. Uh,
1: okay, I'm going to try I value my mentions here. So I'm going to go Matthews. <laughs> I'm going to go an American uh, team. So I'm going to go Shesterkin. Oh. And then you got to go Connor McDavid, of course, right? Because he's ranked number two. And you know, I know Huberdeau up there as well. Yep. But you know, I think Barkov is the true MVP of that team. But Johnny Hockey, again, I think he'll just finish just outside the top three. But he's having a great season. He's going to finish with over 100 points. But anyway, you dice it. This many 100-point goal scores this year. It's, it's great for hockey and it's making it me a true hockey fan.
5: Can I get one quick one in? 40 seconds. Okay, the Scarborough iPhone could do anything. It can, it can, can. You have ink in any color. It's very, it, Blue, it's, it's green, adaptable. Yeah. Who is your Scarborough iPhone player in the National Hockey League who you can put in any situation? Ooh, you know who that is? It's
1: my, one of my favorite players. If I can be reincarnated and coming back, it would be Kerfoot because you can yeah. put him anywhere up and down the lineup. You can play on the power play, mm-hmm. penalty kill, Ker, Kerfoot for sure.
5: The Scarborough <laughs>
3: iPhone of the National
1: He's Hockey League. He's a Scarborough
3: League. man. Alex Kerfoot. All right, uh, Scarborough man, thank you very much for doing this.
5: Appreciate you.
1: Thanks a lot. Go uh, to scope. There See you at the ring, Stewie. Anthony Stewart! Uh,
5: all right. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. You thanked me already oh. by putting my name on the, the guest it's list. A
3: full hour.
5: Uh, we appreciate you immensely. Can I really do a full
3: hour? Yeah, that was a full hour. A whole grain goodness. Somebody's going to have to renegotiate. Uh, Kenny's getting up. Eric Smith is going to fill that seat the rest of the way. We go Raptors, full post game, including Nick Nurse's pregame availability next. Tim and friends, game night starts right here. Here we go. Right now. And Bede's going to hear it tonight. He is going to hear it. Welcome back to a special two and a half hour. Tim and friends ahead of game three between the Raptors and the Sixers right here on Sportsnet. Raptors trying to climb out of that 0-2 hole and get back into the series. They need this one tonight. No one's ever come back. From 3 nothing down, Eric Smith has come back to the show, though not only the radio play-by-play voice of the Toronto Raptors, but also a brand-spanking-new member of the Burlington Sports Hall of Fame. Schmitty, what's going on, buddy?
9: Thanks, Timmy. I appreciate that. I appreciate that.
3: <laughs> hey, listen, as, as a former voice of the OUA, I know the talent that has rolled through Burlington. I have talked a lot of those M.M. Robinson players, a lot of those Burlington Nelson players. Yes, are, so yes. there are some dudes that have rolled through Burlington in time. So congratulations on the Burlington Sports Hall. Yeah, and, the, and
9: then this showed up yesterday in the mail. I was not expecting that. Something came from the House of Commons, and I thought I was in trouble. I didn't know what was going <laughs> on. So that was a big surprise when that showed up. But, yes, thank you. It's a great honor, and I, I appreciate you uh, mentioning it. Thanks very much. But, uh we can move on now, but it is, right. it is quite the honor, absolutely. We're okay. going to get to Nick Nurse, pregame presser.
3: Yep. One most important thing going into game number
9: three for you is? Finding a way to stop the other guys, right. because I think that's been the story of the series so far. I think that you could sit here and say that the Raptors have not played Joel Embiid poorly. Yeah, he's been to the free throw line a ton, but I think overall they've done a decent job yeah. on him. James Harden, I think they've made it tough. He started to make some threes. That's made a difference. But I don't think he's been great in this series. It's been Maxie. It's been Harris. Even last game with the three ball with yep. Danny Green, it's been the other guys, I think, that have really made the impact. And if you can limit that, I think you take what you get and roll with what you get or, 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 or what's taken from the stars – you can't let the second-tier guys beat you.
3: We'll see if that changes on the road. I mentioned that Nick Nurse was speaking mere moments ago. Uh, some questions about whether or not Scotty Barnes could play today. Well, uh, We got the answer. Here's Nick Nurse.
10: Is there anything on Scotty after two around? Did you take part? Is he
2: ready to go? Yeah, he's, uh, he's pretty good, Doug. I mean, he's uh, you know he's been able to do some things, but not not to the... Level of uh, letting him go tonight, but uh, still very encouraging. Uh, you know, I would, I would have certainly assumed he'll be ready for the next one.
10: You said all series that every game is different and matchups and work on Saturday might not work on Monday or Thursday. How do you determine what's
11: going well and how you get right at it quickly in the game?
2: Well, I mean, there's been some. There's been you know, you know, I always talk about these segments of the game and it's going. Um, you know where we have these good segments, and then the segments that aren't so good got to stay near near level. Like you know, it's it's been some really up and down. I mean, we've had some some good segments that we haven't been able to extend for very long. Um, we certainly came out of the gates the other night with the right mentality and the right execution and all those kind of things. Um, but we've just we've simply got to guard them better, Doug. We've got we've got to put some more consecutive stops together. We've got to. Uh, challenge shots better. We've got to limit them to one better. We've got to get our defense set up better. There's, it's just, it's, it's a lot of that is, is just um, us playing a lot better at the defensive end in a lot of areas.
0: Nick, you guys have had some moments tonight with, you know, first game back, first crowd, and all that. It hasn't always translated onto the floor. So, do you kind of have a word with,
6: like, there should be a lot of emotion in the building. Yeah. How do you make sure it actually, you know?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, listen, Michael. I think that that all that stuff should help us, and and hopefully it will in some way. But we've got to understand that the importance of this game is we we got to get on the board here, right? We got to get on the board, and we we got to be locked in and and doing things um, not only at an extremely high level uh, physically and and mentally, but we've you know we've got to we got to make plays, and we got to keep making them, and we got to we got to get some. You know, Toronto Raptor flying around defense, going out there.
10: Coach, you talked about being proud of this team throughout the year, just feeling like you have your back up against the ropes. Other things, yeah. You probably feel a little bit like this going into Game Three. Um, can you talk a little bit
11: about the character you've seen from this group that maybe he doesn't go on a box score, but your confidence and they understand the situation in this one?
2: Yeah, I mean, listen, I think that that um, this team has responded really well to a number of. Um, things in the adversity column, right, throughout the year. And they've, they've always seemed to find a way to respond. And, um, you know, I think we're here, we're here see, you know, facing some adversity with, with guys missing and guys not 100% and, and down two games in a series. Yeah, it won't surprise me if we respond tonight.
12: Are you confident that Gary's going to give you something like he normally gives
11: you or is he still?
2: I'm confident he's going to be better. And I'm confident that he feels a lot better to me right now. He looks and feels uh, to me, he looks uh, much much improved than he did uh, the last couple games. Um, so I, I wasn't real surprised that he didn't make it very far the other night. Um, but let's hope let's hope again. I think I think most of it again, like I said this morning, comes down to how he's breathing. Can he can he get get his air and get 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 feeling where he can get up and down the court with some with some uh, juice in his, in his lungs and his body and be able to make it through that. I mean, it's a lot going on out there to, have, to be battling that too, right? So I think if he can <clears throat> feel a little better, he'll be able to focus in on, on um, execution and making some plays and making some shots and stuff. So, Coach,
11: uh, just to follow up on your point of breathing, is that more conditioning
2: concern? I don't think so. I think it has to do with the illness.
5: I think this morning
9: you touched on uh, Pascal uh, maybe leaving some shots on the table. Uh, when he's got the ball, uh, you know, sort of in that uh, deep mid-range area going up against Embiid, is that a shot that you want him to take or is that something that you think he's got to, you know, get to the basket? with? Him?
2: Well, I think that, um, you know, it's, it's a shot he can take. There's a drive there to take too sometimes. There's, you know, some physical plays at the end of it to make as well I mean that's you know that's kind of his game through the middle of the lane there and he's got he's got to decide which which uh, part of that game he's going to use I wouldn't I wouldn't say he should just go out there and shoot all 17 18 foot jumpers right I mean I think we got to get to the foul we got it we got to get this free throw thing a little more squared away we got to get to the free throw line and we've got we've got to put our bodies on them at the rim to be able to to do that. Right, so I would I would say a mix, right, of how he feels that it, it looks to him out there, and that's kind of what we always say. You
7: talk this morning about James Harden's ability as a playmaker for the Sixers, just what's unique about his kind of I guess the way he sees the floor and how he tries to attack
2: a defense in that way. Well, he certainly sees all the pieces out there, right? So if uh, I mean, first of all, he's extremely hard whether, to keep in front of him because of his physicality. Right, he's, he's gets you up, gets you over, and he gets, once he gets kind of you, you on the side a little bit, he just puts his body into it and moves you off him. So he's going, he's going into places that, that he wants to go, and he's going to see every, every piece of it. He's going to see the, the big inside. If he's open, he's going to fire it out to the corner. If that guy's open, if you pre-rotate to the corner, he'll zing it straight out to the, to the weak side wing. Um, and he's hurt us even on the strong side corner too. Which, which is, um, you know, that, that one to me is hard to defend. If we're, if we're not going to be there covering that one, that short zip pass there is going to be a shot. And, and um, we've just got to do a better job of, of trying to not show him the read so early. He's seeing what's coming at him a little too early right now, I think.
11: Nick, on a night like tonight where your back is a bit against the wall, how much do you rely on – your kind of leadership core group, not just in terms of minutes and, and shots, but in terms of emotionally as
2: well? Well, there, there's no doubt. I mean, I think that with this group or with, or with any group, you know, I, you know, I've certainly talked to the, the, the other playoff teams that, that I've coached. And a lot of times when you're in these situations, those are the guys you're leaning on. Right. And, and this year it happens to be, you know, Pascal and Fred and OG, you know, those guys, they, they do have to understand, you're right, there's going to be a lot of minutes out there, but they've got to get us organized. They've got to make, you know, plays. They've, they've got to be making sure they're doing their job and then ensuring whoever else is out there with them is is coming along with great energy and intensity and, and helping them out. Um, but for sure, it, I think that those guys that have been here for a while should should set the example and lead the way.
10: You don't have a natural match for MB. Is, it, is there any thought to uh, he'll get his thirty? Sort of leave him to get his thirty and take care of everybody
2: else. Um, um or... I mean, I think I think you can you can think that way a little bit, Steve. But the problem with letting him get his is that he's going to be dunking them or laying them in. You know, when you when he can just turn and knock you over and lay it in. That's going to be a pretty high percentage shot right Um, can we play him a little more one on one try to get him on the perimeter a little more Um, maybe, maybe back off him totally when he's on the perimeter and ask him to shoot some of those yeah we could
3: all right, that's the full presser from Nick Nurse. Moments ago, game day starts right here with Tim and Friends. Pre-game to the pre-game. Eric Smith is with us for a full hour. We're giving you a bonus half hour taking you to Raptors Central. Some Nick and Eric synergy there. The quote, <laughs> got to get some Toronto Raptor flying around defense going. I feel like this is going to be a lot of talk about the free throws, there's going to be a lot of talk about where Joel Embiid catches the ball, how he turns with the ball, and what kind of reception he's going to get at Scotiabank Arena. But if you allow a team to shoot over 51% through two games, you're not going to win a lot of those games.
9: No, I think you're bang on, Timmy, and, and we were even talking off camera. You made the point, so I'll give you the shout-out and the, the credit for this. But the way that we've seen some of the Raptors flying out of the primer, sort of carelessly or, or flippantly at times, really not really... Guarding their man or knowing their personnel, uh, and KYP know your personnel, know the report, know the scouting report. And the other thing, right there, as we saw in game one and two, Maxi getting to the tin. I think the um, pressure on the ball needs to be better. The first line of defense needs to be better so that the Sixers don't get deep into the lane. Uh, and have those opportunities to break guys down. I, I think Freddie nodded 100% still, but at the same time, there needs to be better pressure on the ball overall, and that's what the Raptors, to Nick's point, were doing such a good job of this season, guarding their man, guarding the ball, being tough, getting into pass lanes, getting deflections. We haven't seen a whole lot of it so far. No. Forcing turnovers, get out and transition. Haven't seen a ton of it, so I think that's a key. How he tried Malachi Flynn for 21 minutes, and all he had was a rebound and
3: four fouls to show for yeah. it. Like, that's... I mean, to me, in game two, like that's obviously you're trying to conserve some energy for Fred Van Vliet on offense. It's just a bad matchup. We'll see if Maxi can do that on the road. It's one thing to do it at home in the postseason. We'll see if he can do it on the road. Starting lineup for the Toronto Raptors. We didn't get
9: that question. No, he usually says it, right? Usually somebody asks and and Nick reveals. So I'm sure we'll get it in the next few minutes. I'd be shocked if he doesn't just stick with what he did in game two, in spite of the fact that it didn't ultimately work, obviously, uh, with the end result. I'd be surprised if you don't just stay with Precious Achua. Right. I, I, I really would be. I, yeah. I think Boucher's better coming off the bench, his type of energy. And I don't know if I go to Ken Burch right now. I like him better just coming in spot minutes, trying to slow down and beat. I'd stay with Precious. And from what he's saying about
3: Gary Trent Jr., it seems like he's good to go. Yeah. How good to go, how many minutes he can give you, we'll see. But uh, I would bet with you, Pascal, OG, Precious and then Fred Van Vliet alongside Gary Trent Jr. All right, time for a break. Eric's sticking around until we send it to Raptors pregame at 7.30 Eastern. We'll give you a bonus half hour. A reminder, Blue Jays Central and the Jays and the Red Sox are over on Sportsnet 1, so if you want to flip, we don't mind. All in the same family, we're good with it. But we'll give a listen to Doc Rivers' pregame news conference up next. Plus, visits inside and outside Scotiabank Arena with Matt Devlin, Nabil Kareem, and Faisal Kamisa, on this pregame edition of Tim and Friends live coast to coast to coast. Welcome back to this special edition of Tim and Friends, getting you set for game three between the Sixers and Raptors. It is 420, and we're expecting Jurassic Park to be lit tonight. This playoff basketball (laughs) returns to Scotiabank Arena for the first time in almost three years, and the Raptors are happy to have the support back in the building.
8: Definitely helps, um, and we'll take all the help we can get right now. So, uh, looking forward to um, you know bringing playoff basketball back to the city. Uh, it's been what two, two, two years now, almost three years now. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited about it. I think uh, the fans deserve it, and uh, we're looking forward to going out there and playing as hard as we can for them.
2: We need a good you know uh, as, as ramped up a Raptors crowd as, as we can have out there tonight and hopefully our guys can feed off some of that energy. I think it is um, boy it seems three years seems like a long time. It was a long three years and um, uh, I would imagine that will add a little bit to the to the energy tonight.
3: Game five of the NBA Finals seems like more than three years ago. But as as we look forward, like this is going to be a real interesting game. The down O two might temper it a little bit, but then throw Joel Embiid. And the last time this crowd saw him in the postseason, he was crying and now he's talking about bitching
9: about calls. And if there's a guy that bitches about calls <laughs> I mean pot calling the kettle, black right. here. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Everybody in the league complains about calls. So for right. Joel Embiid or any player for that matter. Even if it was a Raptor player talking about Philly. Right. Everybody complains about calls, and he is a one-way tough guy. You breathe on him, he goes down. Right. You touch him at any point, he goes down. It's, again, I was surprised that he took that stance, yeah. uh, but maybe I shouldn't
3: have been. He's, a, he's Goliath who sometimes plays David. It's a good way to put it. And that little balance is hard to pull off, but somehow kind of now moving into the veteran part of his career – I think he's figured a little bit of it out. Maybe uh, some of it has to do with Doc Rivers. Here's a little sample of Doc Rivers moments ago. Asked about James Harden. think has been talking about the way James runs a team is unique. It's
10: different than anybody else. He's also strong enough to get his own. What's it like coaching that, and how do you take advantage of that unique skill set?
8: It's nice coaching it. I'd rather coach it than coach against it. Uh, I'd say that. Um, you know... Everywhere he's been, except for Oklahoma, you know, people forget in Oklahoma. He really was their de facto point guard, uh, and they made it to the finals that year. Uh, going to Houston, he had to turn into what he turned into, one of the great scorers of all time. Uh, just tells you how talented he is, and and you know, the, there's a lot of things good about him. He's, he's literally seen every coverage, uh, but more importantly, um, when he's a scoring for us, a scoring point. You know, um, you know. And I hate using this because you, but we, you know, we jokingly say like a a scoring magic, you know, um, because of his size and his ability to see the floor and his ability to dictate our pace. um, It was a needed thing for us, you know. That was what we lacked, uh, and getting that plus his ability to score um, has been great for us. Whether whoever maybe steps into the rotation without
1: Matisse tonight, just sort
7: of that bench overall, what do you hope to see from that group? Uh, just, just play
8: well, play hard. I mean, we don't, we're not going to recreate the wheel. Um, we're just going to play the way we've played. Uh, we need to do it better. We need to, uh, you know, whoever that is, he um, just has to be ready to play and just join in. You know, we, we have shoot-arounds every day. We have uh, practices every day since playoffs started. Uh, we've used all the guys in it. Uh, so we're ready for that.
7: Danny has really stepped up, perhaps, since the last time we were here in Toronto. Where are you feeling his presence
8: most in this enhanced role? Well, I just think he's a vet, number one. Uh, I think that helps. Uh, Getting us off to a good start, you know, being able to space the floor, um, you know, that's the one thing that's different with him and Matisse. um, You know, with Matisse, guys kind of game plan off of him where they help. And, you know, when you have Danny in the lineup uh, or any shooter in the lineup. Uh, You can't do that as much. And so that kind of gives us more offensive space. Where he's helped us, he's been good on defense, you know, really good. And, you know, that's one of the things we needed if we were going to take Matisse off the floor, and he's done that. Am I
3: the only one that every time I see Doc Rivers all I can think about?
8: Is and where you're you going. Is, you know it? The impersonation?
3: Jamie Foxx impersonation. Yes. Stop Blake. Stop Blake. That's all like every time I hear him talk, that's all I can that's think about. Uh, we got a match game going today and I wanted to get a few more in before we got to break. Uh, Raptors need a win more than blank needs blank Jesse Rubinoff.
4: A double blank, baby. A double blank working out for us or no? It is, it is. It uh, worked out for us earlier, and I guess i let the viewers decide here. But the Raptors need a win more than blank needs blank. Nate says the Raptors need a win more than Snoop needs the 20th of April. <laughs> Hashtag We the North. I yeah, got it. Uh, Luke says, the Raptors need a win more than Jesse needs just for men. Paying attention. Oh, snap. Look out. Paying attention. He's he's firing. Thank you, Luke. Uh, Petey (laughs) says, the Raptors need a win more than Vladdy needs his tail. Oh, interesting. It is interesting, I I, I thought. Uh, Corgi, the Raptors need a win more than Ken Reed (laughs) needs the mild Jamaican beef
9: patties. (laughs) (laughs) I I saw that. (laughs)
4: Honestly, Corgi, I think he has. Had the mild, making me <laughs> He me. definitely had the mild. I had the mild one too. In his defense, like a, a little bit of, a little bit of spice. Still mild, but a little bit. That's the last time I'm going to defend him on that. The Raptors need to win more than Scotty Barnes. Oh, yeah, uh, Scottie, yeah, this yeah. is not even a match. This is not even really a match game. But Scotty Barnes probably got to Mr. Miyagi uh, to heal this quick. He's not playing, but apparently looks good. Uh, Lloyd says the Raptors need to win more than the Filipino diving team needs a new coach.
3: <laughs> Just for 6-0, <Sixero, laughs> we added that one. I love it. Very well done. Always good. All right, listen. This is the pregame of the pregame show. Eric Smith has been kind enough to join us for the full hour. We'll take you until 7-7. 30 Eastern. We'll head inside Scotiabank Arena after the break and we'll be joined by Matty D. Matt Devlin. As Eric and I continue to tee you up for game three between the Raptors and the Sixers. Can they get more out of Pascal Siakam tonight? We're about to find out. Coming up, right here on Sportsnet. Welcome back to this special two-and-a-half-hour edition of Tim and Friends. We get you set. Game three, Raptors-Sixers coming up. Joel Embiid, he is going to get a reception tonight. The center of attention, if you will, coming off a 31-point performance in game number two. Now, this may be a little bit boring, but it rings true. The Raptors won the, series, the season series by dominating the Sixers in five key stat categories rebounding offensive rebounding second chance points fast break points and because of all that field goal attempts in game one they lost all five of those matchups they did a little bit better in game two in fact the Raptors got 20 more field goal attempts up than Philly did if you're looking for key indicators tonight push pause take a picture and that should give you a snapshot into what the Raptors can do to get back into this series Eric Smith has joined me in studio he's sticking around until 7 30 eastern jesse rubinoff is taking your tweets at tim and friends with the match game and matt devlin is courtside joining us now from Scotiabank arena matty d nice to be back in the building in one of these meaningful games for the first time in a while
12: there's no question about it there is a buzz in the building the t-shirts are laid out perfectly fans are filing into jurassic park and, yes, you can just sense it. You can feel it. It's been too long, better than
9: two-plus years, as both of you know. Maddie, how much of this game will ultimately come down to what the Raptors do or don't do, not just with Harden and Embiid, but with the other guys? Timmy and I were talking about that earlier. It's been Maxi. It's been Harris. It's, it's been Danny Green. Even shooters coming off the bench for Philly. It really hasn't necessarily been all about the two All-Stars. Well, here,
12: herein lies the game plan, right? Send multiple bodies at Joel Embiid and then send doubles to James Harden and can the others beat you? And we've seen that through the first two games. And so do you now start to think, okay, maybe we need to adjust that? They may tweak it a little bit. Or do you believe that Tobias Harris isn't going to continue to do what he's done through the first two games, given what he did against the Raptors during the regular season. I do think that from a Tyrese Maxey standpoint, I think he is somebody that is capable. I'm not saying 31 like he, or pardon me, 38 like he put up in game one, but he's certainly capable to get his own. The concern there, as all three of us know, is that when Joel Embiid was on the bench in game two, that... (laughs) lead started to increase because Mm -hmm. of what you just talked about, Eric. So this is where you start to get into the analysis of do you continue to believe, right, the regression to the mean? Do you continue to believe what you've done? These other players are not going to make the shots that they've made already. You look at how they're shooting the three. But I think ultimately, and Nick Nurse talked about from a defensive standpoint how much better they need to be. In a lot of different categories, Raptors also need to get on the glass like they did during the regular season. Yeah. Credit Philadelphia for keeping them off the glass.
3: Listen, Gary Trent Jr. can be that Tyrese Maxey guy, that Tobias Harris guy who could any given night go off for 30 on you. Is there any, any way to know Excuse me, if this is an all-hands-on deck or is he getting close to 100% here?
12: Well, it's always that time of year. Is anybody 100%? But Nick Nurse just talked about, Tim, that he is feeling better, which is a great sign because that was not the case in game two. Certainly wasn't the case in game one. And, in fact, maybe took a step back in game number two. And we understand that Gary Trent Jr. is that player that can fill the bucket. And when you think about this team during the regular season, this is a team that relied on seven a night. Maybe sometimes eight. And yes, there were games where they had nine and ten in the rotation, but now all of a sudden you look at the first two games on Saturday night. When you think about losing Scotty Barnes, now you come back on Monday and all of a sudden no Scotty. Gary Trent Jr. was limited and Thaddeus Young is limited. This is already a rotation that's seven to eight. And a, you know, maybe what seven and a half to eight. So. You need him. Whatever he can provide, you need that. And it's not just the offense, but it's also the
9: defense, as we know. Matty, let me ask you about the defense from Philadelphia's perspective. I don't know if you'd agree with this or not, but in game two – When he was on the floor, I saw long stretches, especially in that third quarter where Joel Embiid did not look like he was interested in playing any kind of defense, walking back across center, sometimes not even getting to the three-point arc a lot of the time. He seemed to be just, I don't know if it was wind. I don't know if it was disinterest. I don't know if it was a big lead for his team. But then I also look at James Harden, too, and the Raptors, the way they've played him to this point. I would be attacking him that much more because I would argue that outside of Stiebel, who's not playing tonight because of you know crossing the border and not being able to, Maxie, I guess, and Harris, there's not a lot on that team that scares me from a defensive standpoint outside of the big men in the middle. So I'd be attacking James Harden and make him work so that it maybe takes some out of the tank on the other end. Yeah, it's an excellent point. I think when you look at Joel and
12: Bead, I think a lot of that had to do with the big lead, mm-hmm. right? Both games Raptors cut it to eight. Game two cut it to, or pardon me, cut it to eleven. Game two cut it to eleven with an opportunity to get it to single digits, and OG Ananobi turned the basketball over. You bring up an interesting point about James Harden because Alvin Williams and I were just talking about it. About what do you do from? An adjustment standpoint and one of the points that Alvin brought up is do you maybe handle James Harden more one-on-one so I know this is on the defensive side right and why because he doesn't have that explosive burst as he used to but yes still crafty and a willing distributor at the other end for sure you get in to a situation where hey can you attack Harden just like they did George Niang George Niang, why does he stay on the floor? Because he can shoot a three. But when he's on the court, as we well know, they go right at him. By the way, Tobias Harris has done a good job on Pascal Siakam. And still, Pascal is scoring and doing the things that you want to see from Pascal. But defensively speaking, this is a Philadelphia team that overall team defense has really risen. And I think the five days... Doc Rivers said this it's like a training camp because remember twenty one games that's all Harden had with this team I really think that those five games when the play in tournament was happening really benefited the Philadelphia 76ers all right
3: we well, only got one minute left with you Maddie. so I'm going to ask this every year we do the foul and free throw thing we haven't got there yet is this real or imagined
12: I think it's a little bit of a combination. Because you go back to game one. This is the playoffs, right? And and then you look at eight seconds in and Fred Van Vliet, first foul. Then 50 seconds later, his second. And that changes everything mm-hmm. because he's the point of the attack, right, from a defensive standpoint. Yeah. And the Raptors – Defensively, Why have they had one of the best defenses, certainly from All-Star on, is because they are physical and they get into you. Well, when Fred VanVleet has two early and then Chris Boucher, we saw the impact he had in game two when he comes off the bench and gets three early, that changes everything. So I think it's a combination of both. And there's no question about it that I think the biggest issue that Nick Nurse has right now with the whistle is that it's not at both ends of the floor.
3: Maddie D, playoff basketball at home. Maddie D, playoff basketball at home, my friend. Uh, we'll be watching. Thanks for doing this, my friend. Let's go. <laughs> there's Maddie D, Scotia Bank Arena. All right. Uh, so, a little bit of everything in the conversation. What's your take on the free throws?
9: I, I think Maddie said it well, Timmy. I think that it's both real and imagined. I do not think that there's any grand conspiracy theory against the Raptors or against Canada. But I do think that there has been a different whistle for the star treatments of Joel Embiid and, to a lesser extent, James Harden. I think that it's something that Shaq talked about, to me what, 20-plus years ago when he said a foul on a dude that's 6'5", 180 or 190 is different than a foul on a dude like me that's 7'300". And I think the whistle thus becomes different for Embiid. Yeah, it should
3: become different, but
9: I don't know if it has. I was saying to Jesse, listen,
3: Wilt said nobody cheers for Goliath. Like, this goes back decades in the NBA. All right, time for a break. But we will be back. A special extended pregame edition. Tim and friends, till 7.30 Eastern, another 35 minutes and the Raptors pregame. A reminder, you can catch Jays and Red Sox over on Sportsnet 1. Flip around. We won't be mad, but we'll be here. Smitty will be here. Our match game will be here. And Faisal Camisa will join us with his homie. Is that him dancing? <laughs> at Jurassic Park? We'll ask him next. Tim and Friends continue.
7: 76ers and Raptors. There's some history here.
12: Carter at the buzzer. No
5: is this the dagger? Oh!
2: And this time around, there's no love lost. This is going to be a slugfest
9: right here. Embiid Good. and a reach-in foul.
0: That is not an
2: n
6: one That's utter nonsense.
9: and Embiid will have a talk with Nick Nurse. He's asking,
6: him, did you vote for me for MVP? I told him to stop my calls. They're touching
4: a seven foot two, 300 pound man, and he's going down like there's a sniper in the building.
10: So now you're down 2-0.
3: What's next? Just do what the Raptors are known for.
2: Fight back
8: before it's too late. This is that time of year. This is the platform
9: where you want to go from good to great. We got to step up and answer the call.
2: We go back home. I think they'll rise up. We need to get one and get ourselves back in the series. Raps and Sixers.
7: We're getting you set for game three right here on Tim and Friends. Tip-off
3: just over an hour away. Welcome back to this special extended version of Tim and Friends. Tim McCall alongside Eric Smith. Jesse Rubinoff will be with you until 7.30 Eastern time when Brad Faye, Sherman Hamilton, Daniel Michaud, Amy Ottebert, and many more will get you set for Game 3 between the Sixers and the Raptors. Remember, game day begins. Leave this microphone alone. Right here on (laughs) Tim and Friends. Uh, Plenty to get to between now and 7.30, including the Bill Karim from TNT and NBA TV, live from Scotiabank Arena. More of your match games, but the big question heading into tonight's game, once again, who's in, who's out? Well... Scotty Barnes, who missed Game 2 with a sprained ankle, out of the walking boot today at shoot-around. Some thought maybe, no, Barnes will miss tonight's game. Although Nick Nurse said he's optimistic about his availability for Game 4. Gamesmanship, You be the judge. Gary Trent Jr. has been dealing with an illness. He also returned to shoot-around today, expected to start tonight. Thad Young also good to go. He played just 8 minutes in Game 2 after injuring his shooting thumb in game one. Now, tonight's game will be the first Raptors playoff game at Scotiabank Arena since game five of the NBA Finals, which you remember well back on June 10th, 2019. It's been a long three years, and a lot has changed. I mean, think about it. The only current Raptors who have experienced a home playoff game are Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, and Chris Boucher. But that changes tonight. Here's a good friend, Donovan Bennett.
10: Jurassic Park is back. It's been a minute. Life has changed, and NBA life comes at you fast. There was a pandemic, a bubble, and a lost season in Tampa. We missed the team, then missed the playoffs. We went 1,045 days between parties in the park. We went from celebrating the shot to lining up to get shots. But as much as things change, things stay the same. The Maple Leaf Square gatherings have been a sign spring has sprung. A Raptors playoff ritual. Are we the North rite of passage? When they started, we were just happy to be in the playoffs. We could care less about the opponent.
3: (laughs) This extended edition of Tim and Friends continues as we get you set for Raptors-Sixers game number three. Philly has the potential MVP in Joel Embiid and a former MVP in James Harden, but it's been Tyrese Maxey. Who's been their leading scorer through two games in the second year guard remembers watching Kawhi's shot on TV back in 2019, the last time these two teams met in the postseason.
0: I was uh, 18. I was in uh, my senior year in high school. Around this time, it's like uh, in all the little McDonald's games, so I think we were all watching it together. But, uh, you know, it's a crazy moment. I remember making a tweet about, uh, you know, Joel being upset, crying, and I was like, you could tell, like, Joel has a passion to win because of his emotion after the game. And it's just crazy, full circle, now I'm on the same team as him, so.
3: And I think Joel might hear about that tonight. Today marks the uh, anniversary of one of the greatest individual performances in NBA history. That's right. 420 1986, Michael Jordan scored 63 in the garden. Double overtime loss to the Celtics in game two of their first round series. It remains the most points scored in a playoff game in NBA history. After the game, Larry Bird gave one of his most famous quotes, maybe one of the more famous quotes in NBA history, saying, I think it's just God disguised as Michael Jordan. An unbelievable performance.
9: Larry might have wanted to put a hand up on that last clip there in that highlight pack. It <laughs> yeah. might have helped, helped. They still won. I mean, they <laughs> needed a couple of extra
3: frames, but they still won. All right. Uh, one last check in Jurassic Park, Faisal Kamisa Starting to warm up a little bit down there, Faisal?
7: You know, it's not bad. I think it's getting hot for somebody. Someone just asked me to add them on LinkedIn, <laughs> and so I did that for some right. reason. I can't get them a job at all. It's weird. I did ask them, though. A lot of fans what their message would be for the referees of this game because we know that's been a hot topic of course over games one and games two so i have some direct quotes here bro it's not eight on five okay i get it i understand you're you're angry bro there's two teams going on here yes they both use bro independent of each other right my point is tim there's a lot of passion in this park we know that right we know these fans are loyal look you mentioned it It is very much starting to fill up behind me right now. Fans are getting loud. Fans are willing to brave the cold because they just want to be part of something special. Hasn't happened over the first two games in terms of wins. Like I said in our first conversation, there's a lot of confidence that it's going to happen here in game three and you know what? I'm not going to doubt these fans. They know what they're talking about. They have been diehards for a very, very long time and uh, they want to see a good result here today, Tim.
3: Uh, they're calling you bro because uh, you've been with them from time, fam. From time, fam. Uh, there is Faisal Kamisa down at Jurassic Park. Thanks for doing this for us, Faisal.
7: Yeah, my pleasure, man.
3: All right, let's get the, uh, the whole team into the mix. Jesse Rubinoff has been sitting there combing through a lot of your match games for the last two and a half hours, Jesse. Two and a half hours. Uh,
4: let's wrap it up. Raptors need a win more than blank needs blank. The Raptors need a win more than Ryan says. We got this one from Facebook. More than Manitobans need the snow to melt so we can get out golfing. Brackets. It's bad. We feel for you, Manitoba. The Raptors need a win more than Chris says Donovan Bennett needs singing lessons. (laughs) Oof. <laughs> you like that one? Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, big oof from E. Uh, the Raptors need a win more than Embiid needs 550, I don't even know what that 535,329 free throws. <laughs> I got you. That's from Instagram. I got you back. 39 quick. likes quick. on the gram. That's pretty good. The Raptors need a win more than Tim needs a hair transplant. <laughs> yes, only nine likes on Instagram. <laughs> oh, we grabbed it early. <laughs> Who knows what a time Yeah. And uh, the Raptors need a win more than Spaghetti needs Parmesan cheese. That's from Instagram as well. That's all I got.
3: I appreciate you combing through what was copious amounts of matching. Of course. On Instagram, My on Facebook. Uh, Spitty, final thought from you as we turn down the stretch to Raptors Central.
9: They've been here before, right? The Raptors have been here before, down 0-2, so they know what it takes. They know that, and I know it's cliche, a series does not become a series until the home team loses. So you know what? Maybe this is the way it's supposed to go. Go take care of business and then worry about and focus on Saturday. Toronto's done it before. Time to do it again. Give me one X factor for tonight's game. Doesn't have to be a player? Just give me
3: what you think
9: they need to do. Well, I I will give you a player as the X factor. It needs to be OG or Gary Trent. One of the two of them needs to go off. And it doesn't need to be 40, but they need to make a significant impact on both ends. And I think that will make a difference for Toronto getting the win.
3: Uh, Eric Smith, I want to thank you for sticking around, uh, doing an entire hour for us. I know as soon as we're done here, it's love, peace, and hair grease. (laughs) Smitty's making the run down to uh, Scotiabank Arena. I'll head home, watch it on TV. Ruby, as always, uh, thanks for having our back. also want to thank Ken Reed, Dan Shulman, Anthony Stewart, Nabil Kareem, Maddie Devlin, and of course you, the friends of the show, for being the the lifeblood that feeds us here at Tim and Friends, and of course, the match game, because uh, we couldn't do it without you. Speaking of blood, it has been an ugly two games, in the Sixers and the Raptors. Toronto has tasted their own blood, literally and figuratively, and because of it, it feels like do or die tonight. No team in NBA history has ever come back from 3-0 down to win a series, but there is good news. This scrappy Raptors squad doesn't know how to lay down and always seem to have a knack for finding that response. They're 4-3 and all time when going down two games to none. In fact, the last time it happened, this happened. Kyle Lowry found OG Ananobi for a three for the ages, but that was in the bubble. Today, for the first time since the NBA Finals in 2019, the Raptors will suit up and play a playoff game in our home and native land. As you saw, Jurassic Park is ready, Toronto is ready, Canada is ready. Yes, winter may be leaving, but the North has always provided a chilly reception for Joel Embiid and the Philadelphia 76ers. Can they do it again? we're about to find out Jurassic Park is ready are you live coast to coast to coast It begins in mere moments on Sportsnet Brad Faye and the entire crew are standing by with Raptors Central enjoy the game everybody we'll talk to you again tomorrow Raptors Sixers is now
10: Grew, our opponents started copying us that's how you know we've made it we may have created a monster New New York New York City. <laughs> Bing bang. But the original can't be duplicated The 6 ain't friendly, it's ruthless Among Raptors fans it's all love But we'll clown your whole squad And when it comes to caping for our team The park is where we keep it 100 No cap, just ask the boy
4: Look at this, we created this This didn't exist before we were here Look around at the square, I promise you right now We did this, all we are is proud and passionate We are like a college sports team. The Toronto Raptors are a college sports team, I promise you.
10: That's right, look around. Look around the province. Look around the country.
8: Unbelievable respect and much respect to these fans, to this country. Come
10: playoff time, not everyone can get in the building, but everyone is along for the ride. A Canadian invented basketball, and Canada has shown the world how to celebrate hoops. How ball brings people together, a microcosm of the diversity And beauty of our nation. Jurassic Park is back, like it never left. Should
9: be special tonight. Yeah, you know, I think it's going to be great, and and I I think it's a great piece by by Donovan, and and the fact that you know, kind of encompassing uh, everything that's been through the last three years, but even this year alone, too. You think about. 50% capacity, 100% capacity, then nobody in the building, then back in the building, then a fire. fire. (laughs) It's just just been a bizarre year. And I can remember back to that game five where they were like 90 seconds away from winning the title on their home floor. So it should be a party tonight. And I'll tell you what, if you are going to the game, if you're watching in a bar right now and it's coming up on the script, even on the bottom, and you read my words, if you're in Gucci row, if you're in the platinum seats, if you're anywhere in the joint, be there in time for tip-off and get loud
3: period the starting lineups might be interesting too especially when they introduce Joel Embiid it's been a long time coming Raptors back at home in the playoffs for the first time in over three years Jurassic Park filling up and that is exactly where we find our own Faisal Kamisa amongst his fam how are things down there Faisal
7: Things are good, Tim McAuliffe. It is nice to be back in this park for a home Raptors playoff game. These fans, they already know it's been over a 1,000 days since they got to do this with their team inside the building playing on that court. And you know what? It doesn't matter what the series is at right now. They know they're down 0-2. But Raptors fans are nothing if not passionate and if not loyal. And so I asked a bunch of fans what their confidence level is between 1 and 10. A bunch of people gave me 10s, a few gave me 9s, one gave me a 7, one gave me an 11, one gave me a 100. He was a little bit confused. One did give me a 3, but he thought I was someone else, and I think that's what led to his (laughs) level of disappointment. The truth is, though, People are excited not just to see their team try to get back in this series, but to be part of this moment again. We saw them on Monday with the snow and the cold. Look, the sun may be out here, Tim, but it's still cold, and it's still not the most pleasant environment to be in, but they're very much ready to go.
3: Faisal, we'll check back with you in a couple minutes from now, but I want to head inside Scotiabank Arena now and check in with a familiar face. You might recognize him from his friend over at the, his time, excuse me, over at the evil three-letter. But after a trip (laughs) to the four-letter down south known as ESPN, he's now working the Raptors-Sixers series for another pretty damn good three-letter TNT and, of course, NBA TV. Long-time listener, first-time caller for me, Nabil Kareem joins us. What's up, Nabil?
0: (laughs) What's going? You know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. When they passed me this mic here, I was like, okay, I'm ready to go. I'm excited to be here. Uh, but then I saw the mic flash. Yeah. <laughs> and it was weird it for me. Real. I'm not going to lie. A little weird. But I'm happy to be here and I'm happy to have it on and, and join you guys, man.
3: Thank it, you. It's, it's awesome to have you back. I got to ask you right off the top. Do the homeboys and girls at TNT know what Joel Embiid is in store for today?
0: Oh, man. I don't know, man. Uh, you know it's so interesting with Joel Embiid like I-, I keep thinking about the fans here and how he's going to be enemy number one like w- what do you guys think I think that he's going to get that LeBron treatment right uh, but that always backfired on the Raptors the LeBron because it ended up being sure. LeBron right? but I, I think it's going to be so interesting to see how the fans deal with Le- uh, Joel Embiid here I've been you know, obviously tracking things online in the way people talk about the fouls and embellishing and this and that whatever but uh, it's going to be pretty special, I think. Uh, that interaction between Embiid and I was—I was trying to ask him about that today. He ducked me. Shocking.
9: Uh, yeah, that, that doesn't uh, surprise the end me. Of the day. <laughs>
0: yeah,
5: yeah.
9: It, he, it, he ducked me. Hey, Nabil, let me ask you: with Embiid and the impact that he's made on this series thus far, if you can—if you think he can do tonight what he did in the opening two games. And 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 in asking that, a lot of it might come down to the officials whether they send him to the stripe or not. But ultimately, he did kind of play that hometown hero in egging on the crowd in Philadelphia. Do you think he's up for the task of going at the Toronto crowd and taking it to them and playing the villain on the road and still then producing on the, the floor did so well. Yeah.
0: I think so. I think so. This guy is so locked in. I mean, look, the guy could win MVP this season, right? And and he seems so focused and so different. You know, I was was talking to Tobias Harris about this, and Tobias was like, man, I was there in 2019, obviously. I've seen the growth of Joel from that series to this series. And, yeah, he's getting hacked. Again, I wanted to ask him about that. What's it like in four guys hacking you all the time or, you know, supposedly hacking you all the time and and the frustration level of that? But I, I think... Joel is one of those guys. He's one of the premier players in the league. I, I think he's going to feed off of that, right? He's going to feed off of the crowd, whether they're cheering for him or whether they're going against him. And he's going to get some calls here, and then you know he's going to go to the crowd and he's going to do the handing and whatever. So I don't think it's going to affect him. I think Joel's going to be fantastic again tonight. He's going to be a handful. I'm wondering about James Harden, guys, because he's been really good in this series, really efficient, but he hasn't had one of his big scoring games you think he's going to have that tonight? Because if, if he is, I mean, that's that's going to be real tough for Trump.
3: Well, we were mentioning earlier, listen, Tyrese Maxey stole the show, right? We've seen Tobias Harris give real contributions in this series. They're 2-0, and, oh, and we haven't really seen James Harden yet. Mm-hmm. And if I'm a Raptor fan, that scares me a little bit. I know he's not the James Harden that was winning MVPs, Nabil, but if he gets yeah. going, that is a different level that we haven't seen from this team yet.
0: Yeah, and people are like, oh, well, you know, next series if he if he plays like this and he doesn't get one who cares about next series? James Harden is in the moment right now and he's doing whatever he needs to do for his team to win. And, and Doc was telling the telling us this off-camera the day, he was like, dude, this guy has so much great pace, like he, he delivers the pace that we need in our team. You know, we needed a guy like this. He comes in, his playmaking ability he goes, I didn't know, and I've been coaching, I didn't know he had that ability to make passes like he does. And he said, this guy's just a hooper, man. He's always in the gym. His basketball IQ is through the roof. So yeah, if he needs a game where he's going to have to score some more points, he could do that. You know, I don't think that's going to be a problem at all for for uh, James Harden. But for the Raptors, I mean, you got to make a decision, right, because right now when you're doubling him up, that's leaving guys like Tyrese Maxey, and even a guy like Tobias Harris, which nobody is talking about, but he's had a fantastic series so far. Uh, Maybe you let those guys, you know, give them a little more attention and and try to maybe goat James into a bit of an iso game. And maybe that's where they go. I don't know. What do you think?
9: You know, I I, I think that's probably a good point, Bill. We were touching on it a little bit earlier. I I personally would like to see Toronto trying to make Harden work a little bit more on the defensive end because I don't think he's got a step in him anymore defensively. I think he's a a, a shadow of of his former self. And he was never really a lockdown guy. But if you make him work on the defensive end, does that take a step out of him, a little bit of juice out of him on the offensive end? And the other thing, too, I, I would say, I don't know if you guys agree, putting a little more pressure on the ball with Harden. Because, again, Bill, I don't want to take anything away from him. He, he's, he's an all-world player. But I look at some of the passes he's made in the series thus far. The numbers look good. But I'm not sure that he's been flash and dash. I think a lot of it is, to your point, you just said it, whipping a pass over to a wide-open guy, not necessarily having to create a ton or having to be too creative overall. He's just making a, a solid pass, an easy pass. I think Toronto's got to do more.
0: Yeah, definitely defensively. I mean, Nick Nurse has talked about that. There's way too many guys that are wide open, right? And they got to create this chaos. we talked about that. They haven't done it, and they haven't done that for 48 minutes. They haven't done it for 40 minutes. You know, they did it for the first quarter, maybe last game, but they got to figure out a way of being physical, creating that chaos, and being disruptive to James Harden, especially James Harden, because, again, right now he is lulling them to sleep, and then all of a sudden he makes that pass through, and he's just too smart. And Fred Van Vliet was telling me the same thing earlier this morning. we got to make this guy work a little bit more, make his life a
3: lot harder, Timmy. Uh, Behind you, Nabil, Pascal Siakam was given daps and head taps as he headed back to the locker room. Listen he's been right on his season average around 22 points per game field goal percentage a little bit lower at 42. Do you feel like there could be an all NBA Pascal that could bust out here at home. It's got to
1: be
0: right. Yeah. It's got to be and Nick was saying this this morning he got he said Pascal especially last game was passing up shots that he thought Pascal should be taking and he's like look what did he shoot last game and I think he had 20 attempts he's like he's got to hit 25 at least that's his number. He's got to get in that 25 range. And then you had Fred Van Vliet, who played that whole first half. He didn't have a guy behind him who could play. And you saw Malachi Flynn come in in that second half, and it really looked great. And for Fred, I think we forget the guy's knee is still kind of jacked up, you know? Yeah. I talked to him about it this morning. and He was saying, man, like, I'm not 100%. And in the States, I'm trying to bring that storyline there because I don't think a lot of people remember that or realize that he's not playing healthy. He's got to play all these minutes and that's why, and they're playing from behind a lot of the time, and so they're gassed. So the first quarter is going to be so important for Toronto here with the fans, the momentum, just getting off to a great start, right? And Pascal Siakam's going to be, have to be a big part of that and be really, really aggressive, right? From what we have seen from him, especially in that second half of the year, we need that Pascal, or the Raptors need that Pascal for sure.
3: I know it might have been tough to stand there with that mic flash, but I thought you did a wonderful job, Nabil. A wonderful job. You. We appreciate you. you. This it, will be
0: good. my new headshot. This will
3: be my new headshot. <laughs> <laughs> it's good having you back on the Canadian Airways, my dude. Uh, be well, stay well, and all the best to the fam. Hey, thanks so much, guys. Uh, there is Nabil Kareem back home again working for NBA TV and TNT. The, the one thing, and I know you have some starters there, mm-hmm. and I want to get to those starters. The last, I want to tie a bow on this Fred Van Vliet because I think that chasing Tyrese Maxey around on defense with that knee is why maybe Fred couldn't keep up what I thought was going to be, what I felt like could have been Never underestimate the heart of a champion-type game because that first quarter that he had in game two was real
9: good. Yeah, he was awesome. Yeah. And, and then it just kind of fell off a cliff, unfortunately. Uh, he wasn't able to sustain it over the course of the game. Um, I think it is a major factor. And who would be the primary guy to not only play some of those minutes on the defensive side but even on the offensive end to spell off Freddie as the playmaker? Scotty Barnes. Right. Scotty Barnes has played a lot of point forward this year for the Raptors and, and been that guy to pick up the assignment on either the other team's best player or the other team's best player that night. right? And it's been Maxie. And I think that we would have seen Scotty Barnes on Maxie even more in Game 2. Obviously not available. We'll see if uh, the Raptors can do anything different to slow down Maxie to find ways to be better on the ball with their defense in Game 3 because they're going to have to be. Uh, For those just joining us, as
3: Eric mentioned, despite some – uh, some, maybe some gamesmanship from Nick Nurse. Scotty Barnes not playing tonight. We do have a starting lineup. This from Doug Smith. Raptors will go Van Vliet, Trent, Ananobi, Siakam, Birch yeah, I'm very
9: surprised. Achua. I'm very surprised. Yeah. And I think perhaps, though, trying to get into the mind of Nick Nurse, the reason I'm surprised is I thought that Achua played well and has given Toronto good offense and good spurts, and maybe that's what Nick wants then from the bench because that one-two punch of Achua and Boucher together has been pretty good especially when they come in together or they stagger their minutes just slightly a little bit maybe it's a case of put Birch out there to shadow Joel Embiid with no disrespect to Kem we don't necessarily concern ourselves with your offense you're there to defend period and then when we need a lift when we go to that second unit we've got some energizers in Precious in Chris Boucher cuz otherwise there is a noticeable drop off without Scotty Barnes yeah. in the rotation overall and the lack of scoring in Toronto's second unit. You mentioned it earlier with Malachi. There wasn't much outside of Chris Boucher in the reserves in game two. So maybe this will hype up
3: the uh, second unit a little bit. Eric Smith is here, and he is staying with us as we continue to count down. 42 minutes, 45 seconds away from tip between the Sixers and the Raptors. Meanwhile, over on Sportsnet 1, Red Sox and Jays, they are currently in the top of the first inning. Two out, man on first, Nick Pavetta of Victoria dealing outside ball one. If you want to flip over, go ahead. If you want to stick around with us, we got you covered. Time for one last break. We'll continue the pregame coverage and get you to Raptors Central. Max, right here on Timmy Files.